0: Grave Podcast.
1: Happy New Year, bitches. This is the Grave Plot Podcast. I am Skeletoni.
0: I am Taylor of Terror. Welcome back to the show. And a brand new year. Welcome to 2020. And you got hear- that 2020 vision. What, what are you doing?
1: <laughs> uh, hey, want to see some magic? We're, we're coming at you live from the past. <laughs> I don't think that's magic. Magic is in the eye of, eye of the beholder, Taylor.
0: All you're doing is the same joke my dad does every year. Where he calls me, because he lives in New York, <laughs> so he calls me at, you know, 12.05 his time. He's like, I'm in the future. I'm like, yeah, I get it, Dad. <laughs> yeah, it's like that, except <laughs> reversed. Yeah.
1: <laughs> you just you flip the gimmick. It's Much less impressive. <laughs> uh, so, uh, no, but we are... We're this is the what the twenty eighth right now. Uh yeah. um, so but this'll come out on New Year's Day. New Year's Day. So there's that. That that wasn't the door dog. Um <clears throat> we'll get her gotta believe up. you. <laughs> uh anyway. Uh so how's it going, Taylor?
0: It's doing going it's going. It's going well. <laughs> it's doing it's doing well do too. All right it's too. also <laughs> doing well, yeah. Uh, how was your Christmas? It was good. Yeah. Yeah, It was was relatively low key, which was nice. Yeah. Usually my family is just, they're just crazy. They just yell at each other. (laughs) Oh, even if they're agreeing on things, they just yell at each other. (laughs) It's like, but aside from my aunt yelling, it was on the list over and over again, it really wasn't that bad. (laughs) Well, that's good. Uh, She she apparently felt the need to, like, defend all her gifts by screaming it was on the list. Like, someone's going to open it and go, this wasn't on my list. This is garbage. I don't want this. What is this shit? You ruined Christmas.
1: My grandma and my mom in recent years has picked up the tradition. It's like, whenever we open something, it's like, if you don't like it, I have the receipt. Can, like, before we even open the fucking yeah, right. thing, it's like, let's let's give it a chance. <laughs> let's give it a beat. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, yeah, like I explained in the last episode, I do split Christmases, Christmas Eve with my in-laws and then Christmas Day with my family. The old Splitsmas. <laughs> That's what we call it. <laughs> No, no, we don't, we don't call it that. Probably not going to either. No, you will. You'll start. <laughs>
0: hashtag hashtag splitsmiths. splitsmiths. Um,
1: finding out or found out that uh bringing our dog was a mistake because he's just not, I mean, he's not functional still. <laughs> um, and so but he's a very hyper dog like he has has a lot of energy so leaving him penned up in a room full of people is just not going to work. It's like torturing. Um so you know, I felt bad pretty much all night telling him to shut up. <laughs> <laughs> um but then you know we've got a, all the people if you if you leave him alone if you ig- ignore him eventually he'll just lay down and you know go to sleep or just you know whatever. It's when people keep doting on him is when it keeps him engaged, you know? And it's like when, you know, with a room full of, you know, it was eight people, uh, six people, it just, it was too much for one night. So we should have just left him home. We did leave him home on Christmas day and I just went home because we live close enough to my parents where I can just go home, check on him and then come back, which was good in theory. We left our house at about 11.30, noon, something like that. And I came home and checked on him around like 4, I think. And then I think we finally got home at around 9, and he had managed to find his way around his cone. Uh, Because, you know, he's a corgi, so he's long. And he's got, you know, a fairly long nose, too. And he managed to curl himself up enough to where he could get to the foot that he was chewing on and just chewed the fuck out of it. So we spent Christmas night uh, at the emergency vet. That was fun. Funny enough, not the first time I've spent the Christmas night at a hospital. (laughs) Because I had to do the same thing for my brother about a year before he died. Not because he was chewing on his own foot. No. It's because he was suffocating
0: yeah that'll happen stop knocking (laughs) sorry
1: um anyway (laughs) you're gonna make the dog go crazy (laughs) he's gonna do this (laughs) sit on your hands um anyway but other than that christmas was good (laughs) that's good yeah um yeah get anything fun for christmas Got some new sneakers, yeah. Some new kicks, as yeah. the kids call them. Do they still call them that? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. What kids do. You know how I know that I don't know what kids do because on Christmas uh, they were playing the iHeartRadio music show, whatever <laughs> station. No, it was it was a it was a concert or whatever. Oh, okay. Uh, and aside from two people. No, take it back. Okay. So there was the Jonas Brothers, who I know basically by name only. Like, I, I, If a, a song of theirs was playing, I wouldn't be able to identify it. Um, then there was Katy Perry, Taylor Swift, and then there were Billie Eilish and Lizzo. Two uh, people, two recording artists, I'll call them that because I really can't stomach the idea of calling it music (laughs) Uh, that I just don't understand like the 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 body positivity message that that uh, surrounds Lizzo I get that and I encourage it but uh, her music is garbage and same with Billie Eilish I don't understand that at all like I'm as confused by her and her popularity as I was with like Lord
0: I just don't get it I'm not sure that I know a Billie Eilish song it's fine you don't, you don't need to. Yeah, no, I'm not, like, <laughs> dying to rectify that. I'm...
1: Right. Um, just Just know that it's terrible. And the fact that I was watching all these, like, tween girls, like, just lose their shit over her, it's like something has gone awry in the world. <laughs> <sighs> so I'm out of touch with today's youth. I, I'll say that. Oh, you and me both, brother. <laughs> but it's like, at the same time, I have no interest in being in touch with them because nope. I feel like youth of America has gotten, like, dumb. I mean,
0: this is the sh- same shit that our parents thought about us, so... It's
1: true, but, you know... You kids and your
0: rock and roll music. <laughs> uh, Violent movies. But you're wrestling. I feel like we Actually, weren't Actually, this- my mom loved wrestling.
1: <laughs> I feel like we weren't this dumb, though. Because while we may have liked... That's because we didn't have social media. It's true. We didn't have social media. We didn't have cell phones. Um, we didn't have... Uh, you know, computers at every, you know, within reach at all times. I think our generation has probably gotten dumber
0: since those things have come into play. Yeah, it's amazing how having all the information ever at your fingertips has made the world so fucking stupid. Yeah.
1: Well, it's just like, it's you know, they don't learn anything. Yeah. I need to
0: know something, I look it up, I forget it immediately. Exactly. Because
1: I don't need to remember it. Because yeah. the, the internet remembers it for me. Right. It's like, you
0: know, they've, I don't need to know the difference between there, there, and there. Whatever. Grammar, Nazi. <laughs> fuck you. You know, you don't... Um, uh, fuck, what was I going to say? Shit, I lost my train of thought. That's the other thing that, that always pisses me off is it's like someone will say like, you know, the, the wrong form of your or something and you correct them and you immediately get 14 people telling you to shut the fuck up. Mm-hmm. It's like not just being stupid but defending stupid. Yeah, I mean,
1: you know, it's it's become commonplace to compare today's society to idiocracy, but when things like that happen, how can you not?
0: Yeah. being People being chastised for being smart. Yeah. And for trying to help other people be smart. Yeah. I think it's one thing if you're going to be an asshole about it and be like, well, technically it's your idiot. Yeah. then it, Yeah. You know, shut the fuck up. <laughs> but if you're like, actually, it's it's your... Right. And then people are just like, whatever, grammar, Nazi. No, mm-hmm. let's like, oh, that's, that's not compare... You know uh, correcting someone's English to mass genocide, mm-hmm. let's not, yeah. I mean, that's what really led to our co- current political environment. Well, yeah, we elected, I, I didn't elect technically, we didn't elect either of the country as oh. a whole did not elect him, but the electoral college elected an internet troll president, right? Because why not elect your mascot, <laughs> yeah.
1: Uh did did you watch any of the impeachment hearings? No. All the Republicans, you know, aside from just deflecting and saying, "Oh, well, these these witnesses, these credible witnesses or these credible experts, they don't have any real substantial evidence even though they all have their their personal experiences with the situation at hand." <laughs> it's like because they don't have like a piece of paper that was signed by Trump saying, "This is what I said and this <laughs> is what I meant." It's like apparently they don't have any evidence. Um And another thing that they kept going back to is like, they're trying, or the Democrats are trying to uh, unelect somebody who 63,000 or 63 million people in this country voted for. It's like, bro, 66 million or 65 million people voted for Clinton. Yeah. So just pump the brakes there.
0: Yeah. Witch Hunt, you know, all the
1: buzzwords. Mm Mm-hmm
0: because they have they have nothing Witch hunt fake news
1: but the sad thing is, is that's all they need to really impress their constituents
0: yeah um, because they're the people we were just talking about that don't care the right form of your or there yeah then and yeah they're just like yeah fake
1: news yeah i can't remember if this is something that
0: we're in a post truth world
1: yeah i don't i don't remember if this is something i saw on my own or if maybe like something you showed me but basically I was seeing this, um, I think it was like a, like a Twitter exchange with a guy that said, basically, I know he's a liar. I know he's an asshole. I know he's a bad person, but I don't care
0: because I'm going to vote for him anyway. Jesus Christ. I mean, we did have John Kerry as a douchebag, but I'm voting for him anyway.com. Sure. <laughs> but I mean, it's just like the lesser evil thing.
1: It's like. Clinton, I really, really did not like Hillary, but I voted for her because Trump was worse. Yeah. And I'm sorry, people, you fucking Bernie bros out there. It's just, it wasn't going to happen. And it's it, it, probably
0: not going to happen again. No,
1: it's definitely not. And not through any fault of his own, but because the nation does not want a third party candidate.
0: Yeah. And apparently the Democrats have already thrown all their support behind Biden, so Yeah, which doesn't seem to be going well. No, it doesn't. Like figure it out. Pull your finger out of your ass. So I said, I said pull your finger out of your ass. Letter anyway, anyway, Kenny. It's 2020. Vote,
1: please. Like, you know, vote intelligently.
0: Just for God's sakes. <laughs> what are you planning to do for New Year's, Taylor? Uh well we got a dinner reservation at nine a res you got a res yeah so I'm not sure if we're just gonna stay out and you know find a spot to jump in around midnight and have some champagne or whatever or if we'll come home and drink a little bit of the bubbly because you got it I got it I got two bottles of the bubbly oh you got two yep (laughs) (laughs) have you drank any of it not yet yeah like it's probably not very good uh it's good enough for le champignon. What? That's what he calls himself. (laughs) Oh, okay. (laughs) Anyway,
1: so this is our New Year's episode, and since we've never done... first ever New Year's episode. So weird. Five five years, we've never done a... Six. Six years, we've never done a single New Year's episode. I don't know how that happened, because we've always put them out fairly close, but I guess never on New Year's Day. Yeah. Or New Year's Eve, for that
0: matter. I don't think so.
1: Well, here we are, and it just so happens that there are movies out there that take place on or around New Year's Eve, um, and so we hand-selected two of those films. One is the 1980 classic Terror Train, and the other is the 1999 action, nonstop action ride. <laughs> non-stop thrill ride. End of days. Um, but before that, We want to thank some very special people that make all this happen, to an extent. We'll give them all the credit, because, I mean, come on. (laughs) We are the ones that do all the work. (laughs) It's true. But you know what? We couldn't do it without them, because they give us money. They sign the checks. Our gravediggers over on Patreon help us out financially to keep this show running, because it's not expensive, but it does cost a little something-something to keep our website going, to keep our... You know, our audio hosting going.
0: Yep. And that, all that, that stuff.
1: RSS feed. Um and those people that help us out every month are Kevin Nesgota, Jordan Morrison, Kevin Trent, Joshua Hodges, Carlos Rodella, The Horror Addicts, Max Zaleski, and Aaron Meyer. Thank you so much, guys, for all of your uh support through the months and years. Uh it means a lot and it does help us keep things. Uh, afloat Taylor if anybody else wants to join this party this this little shindig this
0: never ending this new year's party this, this never ending thrill ride of a show where can they go they can go to patreon.com slash graveplot podcast you can get perks for as little as one dollar including access to a patreon's only feed including video reviews of movies chosen by the grave diggers what's the status of, uh, of December um, I'm I'm working on it. I'm hoping I can get it out by the end of the month. All right, if not early January, then we'll have yeah. another one in January for you. Yeah, in
1: all likelihood, it'll be done by the end of the week. Um, but I I still have
0: f- fucking so many sh- shorts for the fil- film festival to watch. So, speaking of which, don't forget <laughs> tickets are on sale right now for the Great Plot Film Festival occurring February first. That is one month from the day this episode comes out. Uh, It is at the Arc Lodge Cinemas in Seattle, Washington. Four hours of short films from around the world. The announcements for those are going to be coming out probably over the next week or so. So make sure you check out greatplotfilmfest.com. Get your tickets. Join us for an afternoon full of awesomeness. Join us for Pong. What? Join us for Pong? Oh. I didn't understand a word you said. So
1: join us for Pong. No, That's I did what I the said. second
0: time. I got it the second
1: time. That's what I said. I said all the times. Okay. <laughs> Fucking guy over uh, there. All right. Looking at me from down from your ivory tower over there, thinking you're better than me. Okay. Let's move on with the show. Let's
0: shall do that.
1: So this being our third show in as many weeks, (laughs) news stories have been a little thin, but Taylor over here managed to fill out the quota entirely. I did. So well done you. Thank you. Starting out in horror business with some real world horror. um, (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Well, some scientists have found the cause of epilepsy. All you epileptics out there, you know, you may have thought that there was maybe like a short uh, short circuit in your brain somewhere that was just causing you to have seizures. Sometimes you bite off your tongue or suffocate or die. (laughs) Well, I I, I tell you guys, they've come up with the answer. The answer to all your problems, you have a demon in you. Oh my... (laughs) Bet you didn't know. Uh, the epilepsy demon was found by trolls. Pank Arbol of the University of Copenhagen. He's a researcher studying an ancient Assyrian cuneiform tablet. <laughs> cuneiform. cuneiform. Uh, this tablet was tablet was used to treat health conditions. Uh, the researcher was re-examining, re- yeah, re-examining a cuneiform tablet that is dated to 27,
0: 27, 2,700 years 27, ago. Sorry, yeah,
1: sorry. <laughs> I was having trouble with numbers.
0: 2,700
1: years ago. Uh, it was written in a vari- variant of Akkadian, a Semitic language, which was once widely spoken in the Mesopotamian region, but is now extinct. You know... It's a wonder why these tablets were buried for so many years. It's I know. A, I
0: mean, basically, it's basically a, like textbook, right? It's I mean, it's it, basically it, the Mayo Clinic in <laughs> tablet form. Sure. <laughs> it's like you got a problem, demon, demon. It's weird. Like
1: it's it's weird that it was buried and they had to like unearth it. It's almost like people just stopped using it. <laughs> There's like. It's almost like people are like, oh, this is garbage, and just kind of let it go to, to pot. It, it's kind of like that, yeah. <laughs> uh, as he was studying the tablet, the expert discovered a partially damaged image on its back. He investigated the crude drawing, and he soon made out that it was a figure. The figure had horns, a lizard or snake's tongue, and more than one tail.
0: That's a pretty crazy looking demon, right? I mean, two tails. Who would have thought? So he's like tails from Sonic the Hedgehog.
1: Does he <laughs> use them like a helicopter? I hope so. <laughs> that would be. I would if I had two tails. Fuck, I'd fly around all the time.
0: I don't think you could even do that. I feel like they would just get twisted up with each other, wouldn't they? I don't know. I don't have two tails. <laughs> <laughs> Never will with that attitude.
1: <laughs> uh, Arbol uh, realized that he had found a demon. And after reading some more of the cuneiform, he found that it was the cause of the dreaded illness benut epilepsy. So there's no real basis of science in this, which is uh, surprising, considering that he is a scientist. <laughs> You'd think he'd use some
0: scientific method in his reasoning, but I don't think who am he's I. saying that like this is real. I think mean, he's just. <laughs> Saying this is what the people believe. Uh, the people that wrote the tablet. Well, okay. I mean, yeah. I don't think he's just like epilepsy's cured. <laughs> God, you don't need a doctor. You need a priest. <laughs> um, it's just amazing what people thought.
1: You know, way back when, just think everything—everything everything bad that happened in life is demons. <laughs> Stubbed your toe? This is, this is, oh, you've probably this got a demon toe. This is the rock demon. <laughs> it's a toe demon. <laughs> Wife cheated on you?
0: Demon. Yep. It's the uh, adultery demon. Right. Blood rains from the sky? Demon. I mean, that one kind of checks
1: out. <laughs> All the firstborn die? Demon. I, no, that's just God. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> Maybe God's a demon. Oh, oh hot, shit. Hot take. Nobody ever thought of that before, huh?
0: Somebody probably did. Yeah, probably. They probably got burned at the stake. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so... Demons. Maybe
1: maybe it's worth reading into. Who knows? I mean... At maybe... least somebody at some point believed
0: in it. Yeah? You think you're better than them? <laughs> so, uh, get an exorcism for your health. <laughs>
1: I believe, like almost wholeheartedly, that an exorc- like the rites of exorcism, could easily set off an epileptic seizure. <laughs> it's like, oh, that's the demon being released. <laughs> I think he's dying. <laughs> Stop flicking the lights. <laughs> I'm sure. Demon be gone. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, <He's> Strobing. <laughs> so Simon Barrett who is the writer of Your Next and The Guest, is set to make his directorial debut Well, hey, with a film called Seance. Uh, this is based on a script that Barrett also wrote, obviously. Uh, it stars Suki Waterhouse as Camille, a young woman who arrives at the Fairfield Academy following one of the students' untimely and violent death.
1: Suki Waterhouse.
0: Suki is mine. Right? <laughs> I don't know what that is. Yes, you do. Uh, Madison, I just don't know what that is. Madison Beatty will play Bethany, a top student at the school who joins the girls in holding a seance. And Inanna Sarkis will star as Alice. It's a seance, like, like the title. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Alice, a first-class mean girl who stages a seance as a joke that sparks a rash of murders with an apparent supernatural twist. I don't know this girl. Her name sounded familiar, but I don't know why. I, I don't know. Anyway. Uh, so this recently wrapped up shooting after 22 weeks in Winnipeg. You idiot! Was <laughs> that a thing? Uh, that's another Chris Jericho bit. Oh, this guy, some guy in the audience was like, "Go back to Toronto." Jericho's was like, "I'm from Winnipeg. You idiot." <laughs> <laughs> Um, I should have been like, same thing. <laughs> uh, Adam Wingard, who is uh, Barrett's oft collaborator, as well as Alex Mace, are producing alongside Dark Castle. Dark uh, Castle? They're still a thing. Wait. Yeah, they're still a thing? Uh, apparently. I thought they disbanded. Okay. Uh, also producing is Hanway, Ingenious, and Addictive Pictures' John Schottenfelder. Schoenfelder. Yep. Yeah, I don't know any of them. So, after we watched um, Death Note, I I talked about how I, you know, I always thought that I was such a big Adam Wingard fan, Mm. but I think I was more of a Simon Barrett fan because the stuff that I've seen of Adam Wingard's without Simon Barrett just was not very good. (laughs) So, I'm very interested in this. I don't know how well he'll uh, do in the director's chair, but yeah, it's always a tough call to
1: tell cuz you know, guys that have made their 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 living as, as writers, you know, they're the ones with the vision as far as what, how the story is developed, how it should be told. Um, but then, you know, you oftentimes bring in a director who then interprets it and you know actually makes the visual. Right. Um kind of you you'd think that having the writer be the director Would then present this vision of exactly what was intended on the page, um, rather than an interpretation of another person, right? But it's not always the case because a lot of times these, um, you know, these works on paper
0: don't translate well to a visual, um, and sometimes you need like that extra you know, set of eyeballs to kind of look at something and say, this isn't working. Right. Whereas, you know, if it's a writer director, they're like, well, no, this is, this is my vision. These are my words. I need to have this on the screen Mm -hmm. and they, they can't kill their baby. Right. Yeah. And I think,
1: you know, us having seen so many um, independent films at this point, you know, through the show or through the film festival, um, you know, we've seen a lot of writer director credits and, a lot of times it comes with a kind of a poorly made film, uh, just because with somebody who has basically ultimate control, um, over not only the development of the story, but how it's presented on screen with, without anybody in place to say, Hey, you know, this doesn't work. Um, who would then have to be, I think probably default to like the producer, um, I think it can be detrimental. Not all the time. There, right. There's a lot of time where a writer-director um, does great work. But I think when you have somebody who especially doesn't have any directorial experience, that it, it could potentially come across as a little soft story-wise just because it's more focused on developing, you know, scene-for-scene recreations of what was on the page mm-hmm. rather than representing the story in its best light um and you're know, focusing on the important parts yeah so i don't know it, it, it's it'd be interesting to see um
0: assuming i actually do see this uh but i mean wingard is producing so maybe he'll kind of be around to you know help out in sure. a way do they even work together anymore i don't know because wingard's working on kong versus godzilla that's right huh well, we'll see. We will see. I got no strings to hold me down, to make me fret or make me frown. I had strings, but now I'm free. There are no strings on me. Hi, hold the merry
1: That's the only way to go. I want be. So, a new Puppet Master movie is coming our way. Uh, but it's not what you think. Probably the most familiar icon from the Puppet Master series, uh, the character of Blade, is getting his own solo movie. Oh, the spinoff. Okay.
0: So the the Puppet Master thing is very weird because Fangoria like rented the rights in a way because they were like, "Hey, we want to remake uh, Puppet Master," and Full Moon was like, "Okay, you can you can reboot Puppet Master, but we're gonna keep making." this series. (laughs) And it was like, okay. (laughs) So there's like, you do you two lines of Canon now in the puppet master universe. Yeah. And so this is, this is the full moon line here. Right. Um,
1: full moon, like, you know, we did a full moon episode, uh, last year, year before, uh, yeah, one of them at some point. Um, and you know, I talked about how, you know, I grew up on full moon movies. I, I, love them to death even the bad ones i have a you know soft spot for but it's like you know full moon kind of went tits up at one point and now they're coming back and you know kind of redeveloping all their current properties instead of making something new yeah um i mean all the new stuff that they make is basically just softcore porn i mean (laughs) that's really what they make now um I forget what they're... They have a few different labels, or did, and they have a label specifically for their softcore porn. Uh, I can't remember what it's called, but... um, It's called Full Nude. Ha-ha. But... um, Full Poon. (laughs) (laughs) Got him. Um, But, I mean, you know, Charles Band is still running things, as far as I know, but it seems like... It's kind of gone off the rails a little bit. Like, they're not really sure what they're doing anymore. (laughs) Yeah. But uh, the new addition to the Puppet Master series is going to be titled Blade, colon, The Iron Cross. Uh, It's going to pick up after the events of Axis Termination, which I never saw, um, and brings back Tanya Fox, who I don't know, Back in the role of Elisa Ivanov or Elisa Ivanov, a character who has psychic visions in her dreams.
0: Spoopy. I mean, she's she has psychic dreams. Who cares? <laughs> a lot of people do that. <laughs> a lot
1: of people have a lot of dreams. Um, coming to the Full Moon features streaming service and Full Moon's Amazon channel in March of 2020. I think I still pay for that. I don't think I've watched anything on there since the last time we watched a Full Moon movie, but uh, I'm pretty sure I'm still paying for it. Um, uh, It's going to be directed by John Lachago from a screenplay by Roger Barron. Uh, The story reads as an unspeakable evil from Blade's past. What? He's not like a lone gunman or something. He's a fucking (laughs) puppet. An unspeakable evil from Blade's past emerges in the form of a murderous Nazi scientist named Doctor Hauser. As Hauser's heinous crimes are discovered, the psychic war of journalist uh, Eliza Ivanov, Ivanov awakens Blade, and together the bloody journey of revenge begins. It's Hauser's Herr Heiser, Herr Heiser, Herr reanimated undead army versus a possessed doll and a beautiful vengeance-seeking clairvoyant. <sighs> It's being described as kinky and twisted. There you go. Does that... I mean, is, are they implying that she's going to fuck this puppet?
0: <laughs> yes. Well, wow. they, they are now. They went there. This is weird to me because it's like, you know, it's murderous Nazi scientist, heinous crimes, and then you get to the end and it's, it's Herr Hauser's reanimated undead army. What? Where did that come from? <laughs> Maybe this was his heinous plan or whatever. Heinous crimes. Yeah. Yeah, but that uh, that just came out of nowhere. <laughs> What's, um, why are Nazi zombies such a thing all of a sudden? I mean, all of a sudden, they've been a thing for like... Pr- pretty much...
1: Was Dead Snow the first one? That I know of.
0: Because, I mean, it's gone everywhere now. I mean... It's like we want to make a horror movie about Nazis. Are there zombies in it? I mean, obviously. I said it's about Nazis. <laughs> sure. Why else will there be Nazis. Who gives a fuck about Nazis? Um, yeah, who's afraid of Nazis? <laughs> Everyone. Um, <laughs> uh, so,
1: um, yeah, I, I, I'm baffled how this makes any sense. Why? why Blade? Again, he's a puppet. Yeah. He, he's not this fucking adventure. He's not like, like a uh, fucking Indiana Jones or Han, well, I was going to say or Han Solo Both. He, He's not Harrison Ford, <laughs> goddammit. it. <laughs> <laughs> he's just,
0: he, he's not like a, 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 an action hero. He's just a fucking puppet. <laughs> so why is he having a solo story? And he's always been a, murderous puppet like he's not a good guy (laughs) well he's never been evil per se
1: i mean it he's always he's worked for andre toulon who was not evil in the first movie then he was evil in the second movie and then he was not evil in the rest of the movies I i don't (laughs) (laughs) this is the logic that full moon uses it's like well that doesn't make sense with the story that we're developing now, so we're just going to ignore it. Plus, he was William Hickey. In the first movie, yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> the blessing! Uh, good stuff. We were watching that the other day, and I was like, it's, uh, it's Dr. Finkelstein. <laughs> and she was like, oh.
1: <laughs> I told you... I told you about that movie Forget Paris, right? Willie Crystal. Crystal. I know the movie, yeah. I feel like I've talked about this on the show before, but he's like um her dad and he's like kind of lost it. And he's out driving them around and or no, sorry, they're they're at the house and he's just walking around the house singing that old uh Toyota jingle. Oh yeah, yeah. Have I talked
0: about this before? Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> No uh, other po- other horror podcast features forget Paris references. <laughs> I am pretty confident in saying, that. yeah, that tracks. Everyone used to talk about Gilmore Girls like a weird amount. Yeah, I don't know why we talked about Gilmore Girls so much. It just always came up. It's not like it's not like we ever fucking watched it no. ourselves. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> if you uh, if you want to watch Blade the Iron Cross, it, it's coming to uh, Full Moon Features Streaming. March twenty twenty. It's going to cost you seven bucks a month. Yeah,
1: too much. It's it's a lot. I mean, even for me who loves full moon movies, it's like there's a few that I'll watch, but
0: it's like I'm not going to watch them again anytime soon. Yeah, are you really going to watch? I would say two a month to make that worth it, and bare minimum. Yeah, but you're going to watch two full moon movies a month? No, I'm I'm absolutely not. No, but I'm still paying for it, and I think that's how they get you.
1: Well, yeah, because you just forget. You forget you're paying for it. Yeah. Like I started paying for the Shout Factory channel on Amazon. I think I think I got it as a free trial because I we, there was a movie on there that we were going to watch for the show and I didn't want to pay for it. But then the joke was on me because I forgot about it and now I'm still
0: paying for it. That's how they get you. <laughs> They're going to start making it like going to the gym. You're going to be like, I want to cancel my subscription. They're like, well, you're going to have to come in. Yeah. <laughs> you're going to have to talk to Charles Band. <laughs> We call him Chuck. <laughs> Talk to Chuck. Anyway, and then you're like, Chuck, look, I, I love your movies, but I just, I need to cancel, and he'd be like, Sure, you want to mess up your life like that? <laughs> <laughs> but what if we give you two free movies? It's like, uh, well, all right, <laughs> I'll just, I'll be back in a month. <laughs>
1: But then, the, this, like, then the, you forget. It doesn't matter because you you're busy. Yeah. But and 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 it like, doesn't matter because you're already paying for the movie, so it's not like you're actually getting anything for free. And then
0: you be, you've you been tricked. Yep. You've been duped. And you're like, I can't go face Charles Band again. I'll just pay it. Whatever. <laughs> Seven bucks. <laughs> Fuck.
1: It's, it's, it's worth it to me to not think about it. <laughs>
0: There have been some uh, some some rockers that have gotten into the horror movie game. Rob, Zo- Rob Zombie, most notably. Marilyn Manson has done some acting. I don't know if he's done any writing or anything, but not that I know of. Fred Durst. Oh yeah, I I keep seeing that commercial now that I talked about last episode for the fanatic. No, it's for Carmax. Oh, the one where the woman's got the car that won't stop oh, playing oh, Nookie. Oh. <laughs> All
1: right. I still have
0: not seen it, but... I I see it all the time now. I think it's a Hulu one that I see it on, but...
1: Oh, well, we have commercial-free Hulu, so...
0: uh... Oh, look at me with my commercial-free Hulu and my toilet made of gold. (laughs) (laughs) That's us. (laughs) Living the good life. (laughs) Oh, now it sounds like Slipknot frontman Corey Taylor is looking to get in the game. Oh, what do you mean get into the game? Didn't he already make a movie?
1: Did he? Wait, no, that was somebody else from Slipknot. It wasn't very good. Really? Yeah. What movie? Uh, Officer Down. Hmm. It was not good. I don't know that movie. It was based on a comic book series about a cop that was like brought back to life to fight crime. (laughs) Because he sees a cop. (laughs) But he's like kind of like a RoboCop. Like he works for the... Like he lives and breathes for the police department. And... Uh, Stephen Dorff? What? Is this the movie? No, there's an E on the end. Oh. That's the one. Kim Coates? <laughs> yeah. But she did look strikingly like the, co- uh, the comic book character. But um, it wasn't great. And I think it was... Uh, this guy, like, Joe Casey?
0: American comic book writer, not Slipknot.
1: No, I think it was like the... Director? Yep. Yeah. yeah, yeah oh, a Clown trip.
0: from Slipknot. Right. I can't, Is he like the, the guitarist or something? Uh, one of two percussionists. Okay. <laughs>
1: anyway, I, was, I guess I was thinking of Corey Taylor, but.
0: But you were wrong. I was wrong. Uh, Corey Taylor has written a horror script. He told Rolling Stone, I'm actually working on a movie right now. I finished a script and I'm aggressively looking for investors and producers. I've got all this stuff that I still want to get out of my system. Then in a separate interview with Kerrang, he said, I wrote a script for a horror movie that I'm really stoked about. Good. It's good to be stoked about things, Corey. If you're not excited, how can you expect other people to be, right? Right. Love what you do, and you'll never
1: work a day in your life. And other such slogans.
0: (laughs) Uh, This is not Corey Taylor's first foray into horror, though. He did do a little bit of acting. Uh, He had a cameo in Fear Clinic. That was such (laughs) doo-doo. But it had Robert England. But it was still bad. Yeah, Robert England did a lot of bad things. Yeah, <laughs> let's it's not act like Nightmare on Elm Street makes Robert England some kind no. of. No, it's not like adding like a
1: Harrison Ford. <laughs> what
0: was with you and Harrison Ford today? Did you just watch uh, Air Force One or something? Air Force One. <laughs> yeah, I watched Air Force One. <laughs> uh, he also made a cameo in Sharknado Four. As well as Officer Down, he was in it. Okay, yeah. Well, there you go. He appeared in it. It was just like poof. <laughs> there he is. <laughs> Magic. Uh, yeah. He also spent the entirety of October releasing portions of a '80s horror retrospective that he wrote called "In Search of Darkness." So he uh, seems like he has the passion for the genre. Well, I mean, look at his band, you I mean
1: <laughs> Well, yeah. But uh, you know maybe you have the passion, but sometimes Do you have the skill? Right. It's like you know, you could have the passion for basketball, but if you can't dunk then you shouldn't play basketball.
0: <laughs> if you're like five six and two hundred and eighty pounds, Probably not going to make it. Not the sport for you. You should try, I don't know, bowling.
1: <laughs> and let, I mean, if, if you're like, uh, like, m- like Muggsy Bogues, then that could work for you. Yeah, maybe. He, but Muggsy, he was something special. Yeah, he
0: was, uh, he was the exception, not the rule. Right. <laughs> it's like, I'm going to be the next Muggsy Bogues. <laughs> That's uh. you are no, you're not. That's, Interesting place to set your sights. right? <laughs> he's an
1: inspiration to short people everywhere. He wasn't even that short either, was he? He was 5'3". Like, was he that? Okay. I thought he was like like 5'6", or something. Just like a, an average height. you just look small compared to other basketball players.
0: Yeah, it's funny how many people are like, Oh, Isaiah Thomas is so short. Look at him out there. He's so he's tiny. He's 5'9". <laughs> people act like Stephen Curry is super short. He's 6'3". Yeah, it's it's deceptive how tall basketball players are. Well, yeah, I mean you see them standing with four other guys on the court who are all six, eight, and above. Right. Like, yeah, they look short in comparison. But but I mean, like if you watch like a basketball game on TV, they all look like normal height until you put them next to somebody who's normal, height. right? <laughs> yeah, when they're all the same. Yeah. <clears throat> but as far as Corey Taylor goes, no no word on if he uh, is looking to play basketball. <laughs> <but> <laughs> Um, I don't know how this metaphor got started, but um no, no real updates on what the script is about or you know what kind of subgenre it might be, but we do know that he is really stoked about it. Well, that's what's important, and he is aggressively shopping it around so hard. <laughs> you make this. <laughs> I think he goes into pitch meetings in his mask. That's aggressive. <laughs> With a gun,
1: <laughs> like what? No, I'm not going to shoot anyone. This is just my sales tactic. <laughs>
0: I'm not saying I won't shoot anyone, but <laughs> but you know, as long as we come to a deal, there's nothing to worry about.
1: <laughs> <laughs> always have an ace up your sleeve, I always say. He does say that. He does say that. I also, I, I was going to say, I was going to say he always says, and then like a Slipknot
0: lyric, but I can't think of any. Something about maggots. Sure. They call their fans maggots. That's like the only thing I know. And now I know they have two percussionists. Oh, I knew that. And one is named Clown. Right.
1: I don't understand Slipknot because their music's not
0: very good and their stage show is just fucking bonkers. All I can think of is that song Dig, but that was Mudvayne. That was Mudvayne, yeah. <laughs> um. Okay. Are we done with this? Slip
1: <laughs> Hey, Taylor. Do yeah? have you watched Lucifer? Nope. All right. I I got <laughs> <can>, even <laughs> once. <laughs> I don't blame you. Uh, it looks ridiculous on the surface. I can admit that. It's it's just one of those shows that like you kind of get uh, really pulled into because the concept is asinine. It's like so for for those of you not familiar with the show, basically the premise is that you know, Lucifer he's, he's spent the past, you know, millennia or however long on Earth he decided that he was just done with hell um, and uh, he wanted to live amongst the humans and just kind of live a a life of uh, uh, excess. Um, And it's actually based on the Sandman comic series character um, who then eventually actually had his own series. Um, But um, yeah. And just, it really turned into these typical Fox shows where it's kind of like, oh, the kind of the odd, quirky, oddball teams up with a cop to solve crimes. It's like that's like Fox's bread and butter, pretty much. Yeah, um, it's X Files. It, it, it's X Files. It's Bones. It's Sleepy Hollow. <laughs>
0: We've talked before about how every
1: Fox show is X Files. Yeah, it all comes back to X Files. Um, and uh, yeah, and you know. They started kind of adding in like a like a fish out of water part to it by like like I said Sleepy Hollow, where they put Ichabod Crane in the, in the present, and now Lucifer, who's you know the devil, put him on Earth. And anyway, um, but it's a show. It ran for I think th- two two or three seasons. Yeah, two seasons on Fox, and then Netflix picked it up. But um, sounds like this fourth coming's. Fourth, forthcoming season. Huh.
0: Fifth that? coming. What? Fifth coming. Is it really fifth? No, it's fourth, but if you... I guess it should be eighth coming. I don't follow. It's a math joke. Oh. oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't understand math.
1: Um, anyway. This coming season, which I'm not sure actually when it comes out, uh, is going to be the final season. Um, anyway, uh, it's developed kind of a a, a cult following, um, which you know actually helped save it because after ne- or after um, Fox canned it, they the the outpouring of fans that wanted it to come back. Oh, it uh, is season five. Is it really? Yep. Okay, so it must have been three seasons on Fox, and then the fourth one was on Netflix, and now the coming fifth season. Yep um but uh anyway like i said it's developed kind of a cult following uh enough to encourage netflix to pick it up after net after uh, fox dropped it um and you know the next uh the next logical place for a show to go is to have its own convention cuz <laughs> why not um on uh let's see may 2nd through 3rd of 2020 uh, the Renaissance Schomburg Hotel in Chicago will host the first ever Lucifer convention. Uh, then followed by a second convention in October uh, October 17th and 18th at the Marriott Hanover Hotel in Whippany, New Jersey. Whippany um, little little uh, insight into the show. It does not take place in either of those cities. <laughs> It takes place in L.A. A good portion of it is shot in L.A. And even the portions that aren't shot in L.A. are shot in Vancouver. So It's probably much more expensive to have a convention in L.A., though. But probably not Vancouver. But, I mean, maybe. Yeah. Actually, everything is expensive in Vancouver. I take that back. <laughs> um, anyway, but who wants to go to Chicago or New Jersey? <laughs> <Ugh>.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't mind going to Chicago as long as you stay north, but New Jersey. Yeah, I would go to Chicago in like the late spring when
1: there's no chance of snow. Well, <laughs> sure, yeah, uh, and before it gets unbearably hot.
0: Um, let's see. As so you're, you're like, hey, do you know where Alkyl Trio hangs out? <laughs> and I'd be like, they <laughs> don't live here anymore.
1: <laughs> Shit.
0: <laughs> What about Rise Against? <laughs> yeah, not me either. I don't live here. Uh, Lawrence Arms? <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, series stars Tom Ellis, uh, who plays Lucifer, and Rachel Harris, who plays uh, Lucifer's psychiatrist, Linda, um, are both scheduled to attend the convention. Um, and other stars are will be announced later. Um, creation... Ent, I assume that means entertainment, uh, is behind a number of other successful conventions spotlighting TV shows and their fans. They have produced multiple conventions for Supernatural, Stranger Things, The Vampire Diaries, and even Stargate. I know the Supernatural fan festival is
0: pretty popular. I think you mean Fargate goes far. <laughs> um, yeah,
1: the Supernatural convention, they do that every year, and like you know, um, Jared uh, J- Jensen, Ackles and Jared Padalecki—they both come every year. I um, know Misha Collins is usually there too. And uh, anyway, it seems strange to start a convention for a show that has only been around for a few seasons and is going to be ending soon. Yeah, I didn't realize it had this big a following. I guess I didn't either. I mean, obviously enough to make Netflix want to pick it up well yeah but yeah and it's weird to me because I mean a lot of things that I watch not many other people watch like you know if I want to talk about uh, Letterkenny like you and I and like Nesgoda are like the only ones well and
0: Max but very few people that I know watch Letterkenny oh you should go to more whack shows (laughs) <laughs> just go to a wax show and yell out to be fair, and you'll find all the Letter Kenny fans. <laughs> I was, I did two Letter Kenny
1: jokes uh, in the last couple of days with just my wife, and she's watched.
0: Have you watched Little Kenny? Little Kenny? Yeah, no. It's a cartoon of them as little kids. Oh my god, <laughs> that sounds awesome. All the episodes are like two minutes long. <laughs> um. Lost my train of thought. Letterkenny wife joke.
1: Yeah, it was just, I was just—I was making Letterkenny jokes and just like, whoop. Anyway, a lot of shows that I watch, not a lot of the people watch. Usually, it's like you or my dad, um, and I just don't really have a lot of people to share with. Yeah, <laughs> but I could see the merits behind something like this, even though they they seem small and maybe unnecessary. But you know, if you've got like a a niche show that you don't really have, like maybe a lot of friends that watch it with you to kind of commune with other people. It's just like, you know, going to Crypticon, you know? We're horror fans, and we know other horror fans, but I think on a day-to-day basis, we don't really have a big network of people that we can kind of talk horror with. Yeah. So when we go to Crypticon, it's kind of like
0: church, you know? Yeah. <laughs> um. Anyway... Or like a family reunion,
1: sure, yeah. Or like uh, Tony K puts it, uh, horror fan uh, summer camp. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, these things are very expensive, though. Like I was going to get my dad tickets to one of the Supernatural ones at one or one year, um, and they're just like absurdly expensive.
0: Are they actually doing the one in 2020? They are doing many in 2020. Well. <laughs> Looks like the closest one is Vancouver. That makes sense. Or San Francisco. And they're doing one in 2021 already. Even though the show is ending. I mean, everyone's got to go say their uh, say their goodbyes, right?
1: Well, I, I kind of got the impression that that was what this past convention was. Nanson anyway. Ackles, Jared
0: Padalecki, Misha Collins. I was just trying to find the ticket price. Oh, tickets.
1: Yeah, like they have like all these like different tiers. Twelve hundred dollars. Yeah. That's, I think that's like for this like top tier, so they do get cheaper, but not like reasonably. <laughs> like at no point or at no level are the
0: tickets fairly priced. Yeah, it looks like it's going to cost you between forty and hundred and twenty dollars just for one autograph. Yeah, and look up at the top, Jensen Jensen Ackles and Jared Padalecki are only
1: autographs are only available to gold and silver package. Uh, visitors which are the twelve hundred dollar ones. That's crazy. It is crazy, Taylor. And I have to imagine because creation entertainment is behind it, that Lucifer is going to be exactly the same. Even though it has certainly a much smaller following. Anyway, but you know, if you have all that money laying around and you are in the Chicago or New Jersey area or whipping hu- 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 area then uh, by all means check it out every limbo boy and girl all around the limbo world gonna
0: do the limbo rock all around the limbo clock jack the limbo jack be quick jack go under the limbo stick all around the limbo clock so oh uh, well, was going to say last year but this i guess this album comes out in 2020 so Two years ago, right around the end of the year, we reviewed a little movie called Better Watch Out. It's true, we did do that. And then we talked to the director, one Mr. Chris Peckover. We did do that as well. And in the interview, he told us that he was working on a Possession movie. Yep. Well, we've got some info on that Possession movie. Hey. It's going to be called Limbo. Uh, Peckover will direct from a screenplay that he co-wrote along with Matthew Jennison. Look up Matthew Jennison and see if he uh, also co-wrote Better Watch Out. Uh, It's going to star Anika Noni Rose from Assassination Nation. Yeah, I don't know her. What's this guy's name? Jenison. Matt Jenison. Matthew Jenison.
1: Matthew Jenison.
0: Uh, Rose will play a young mother whose body becomes possessed by something evil, rendering her disembodied spirit and a ghost in her own house. As this demonic double takes over her life and threatens to harm her family, she must find a way to protect her loved ones while also finding a way back to her body before it's too late. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, Rose points out that even though Limbo is all about a possession of a woman, there is more nuance and subtext to the story, which features a family dealing with loss. Sounds very familiar, but I'm not sure why. Mm, I don't know. Uh... You know, yep. kind of makes me think of uh, "I am the pretty thing that lives in the house." Um, I don't remember enough of that. Hopefully, better.
1: I I remember it being bad, which I think is the reason I don't remember it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Matthew Jennison was a co-producer on "Better Watch Out." Co-producer, but not a co-writer. Not what I'm seeing. Hmm. All right. Uh, he was also uh, Kevin Heffernan's assistant on Beerfest. <laughs>
0: Oh, <laughs> interesting. Anyway, um, it, it sounds like this might be more serious than Better Watch Out. Better Watch Out had a little bit of comedy to it, a little bit of black comedy.
1: Yeah, yeah. This definitely sounds more of a, a, a dreary story. Um, ah, God, I wish I could figure out why this is so familiar to me. Oh, doesn't matter. Uh, but you know we both like better. Watch out. Um, I think that was his first major film,
0: right? I think so. He had another one called uh, uh, Undocumented, but I I don't think it was as as uh, widely available. Right. Um, but you know, better watch
1: out. Got pretty pretty wide acclaim. Um. So I I'm, I'm hoping that he can. You know capture lightning again and get a good, good good get a good film out it sounds like he's got a good premise um
0: yeah and this is uh, this going back to our uh, our Simon Barrett story about being a writer and a director this one's interesting because he co-wrote it mm-hmm. so you've got the writer director but then you've also kind of got a writer and separate director yeah yeah I mean you see that a lot and
1: so he's just gonna cut out all the and stuff yeah <laughs> Um, You know, you, you get a lot of th- times when, like, um, you know, somebody will write a script, and then they'll approach a director, and the director will will want to do some rewrites, and so they'll basically get, like, a co-writing credit.
0: Um, Or, or you know, they just team up and write the whole thing together. Um, or you'll have, like, uh, someone will write something, and they'll find someone else, and they'll be like, hey, I need your help, kind of fixing this. Right. Which was the case with uh, They Reach. Silas just word vomited all over 68 pages. <laughs> and then he went to Brian and was like, make this a movie. <laughs> and Brian's like, oh God. He's like, we're, we're going to have to start all over.
1: <laughs> but hey, they made a coherent
0: film. They, they made a movie. Um. And they made the wise choice to cast us. Yes. The best choice they could have made ever. Yep. Only reason that movie's any good. I had so many people be like, that movie was just rambling nonsense. But then you guys showed up and just saved it. (laughs) Nobody said that. You know, my award-winning
1: single line of dialogue. No, actually I had more dialogue. That was my only line of dialogue in the first draft, though.
0: Yep. I remember that.
1: You <laughs> can imagine my surprise. <laughs> anyway. But, no, I, like I said, this sounds uh, like an interesting concept. I'd be game to check it out. I'll Check it out. You'll
0: see. Well, you know, it's tradition, so. Yeah, I, I would be willing to check it out. Sure. I don't, I'd, like. What you said. I don't know this Anikanoni Rose. Um, I haven't seen Assassination Nation. I've never even heard of it. I've heard of it, but I know very little about it.
1: Hmm. Well, that's going to do it for horror business, guys. Um, Yeah. And uh, since we don't really have a lot of time to waste, we're just going to move right along and jump into our film reviews. All right, like we said at the top of the show, as this is our New Year's Eve, our New Year's Day, I guess, uh, episode, celebration, festival, spectacular. Any other superlatives? No, it's not a superlative. That's
0: just an adjective, I guess. No. It's the noun. Is it a noun? Yes. (laughs) Soiree fiesta oh, now he's going on going international
1: <laughs> new year's we all move into the new year together <laughs> yep <laughs> and i'll bet that sounded a lot more profound in my head <laughs> um anyway but uh since it is new year we are going to be talking about two films that at least center around uh a new year celebration
0: somewhat Um, Sort of a new celebration Of sorts, right? Yeah I mean, one is more of a celebration than the other
1: Well, it depends on who you ask
0: (laughs) Anyway, uh, Taylor, which one do you want to start with? Let's start with Terror Train This time
1: It's a joke. A
0: goddamn practical joke. The scream in the night isn't the train. It's the terror at your throat. The terror train. I don't want to get back. So, Terra Train uh, came out in 1980. Like Tony said at the beginning of the uh, episode, here, um, it was the whole idea about it came from executive producer Daniel Grodnick, who just who saw Halloween, saw John Carpenter's Halloween, and said, "I want to do that on a train." <laughs> For some reason, <laughs> and people went, "Okay, here's some money." Yeah, things are so much in- more interesting on a train,
1: apparently. The budget was 4.2 million dollars, and it was not made by Blumhouse. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, so we start out with it's a big bon a big bonfire at this fraternity for New Year's Eve. It's the Sigma Phi Omega fraternity, and everybody's just hanging out, drinking, having fun. But all the pledges have to wear these beanies until they get laid. And this is, since it's like the end of the year party, tonight is the night. And so they tell this one guy, Kenny, they're like, hey, Jamie Lee Curtis over there, she's giving you the eyes. <laughs> you know, Laurie Strode. Yeah. When that executive producer was like, I want Halloween on a train, they were like, well, I guess we got a fucking cast like Jamie Lee Curtis. <laughs> and so they did. <laughs> Long story short. <laughs> but They're like, hey, Kenny, Jamie Lee over there. She she wants that dick. <laughs> and he was like, I don't know, guys. Nice. Like, no, 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 Kenny. She wants to. Fuck. She's DTF. Oh, fuck. Oh, fuck. You're going to make me come or I'm <laughs> going to kick your butt. But so, you know, Jamie Lee's giving him the big eye and then she goes upstairs. Big brown eye. Showing <laughs> him her bottle <laughs> As she's walking away, she just bends over and spreads her cheeks. <laughs> she's like, yeah, you want that? <laughs> <And> she's like. <laughs> and people are like, ma'am, pull your pants up. This is public. <laughs> and I was like, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> like, Elena, pull your pants up. You're embarrassing us. <laughs> so she goes upstairs and Kenny follows her. And he sees Elena sitting in a bed. And she's, she's like, kiss me, Kenny. Kiss me. And so Kenny strips down to his yellow skivvies, like
1: like bikini cuts for whatever reason. Yeah,
0: and his wife beater, and uh which we should stop using that term, wife beater. Yeah, it's not a great term. It's you know a white tank top, but he strips down to his underwear, like just walks in the door and strips down. He doesn't say anything. Yeah, They don't like start making out and take off each other's clothes. He Where's just, the romance? Yeah, he just strips down. <laughs> and he walks over and he like goes to touch um, Elena, Jamie Lee Curtis's character and she literally falls apart because it was a corpse. And Elena was hiding behind the bed making the, saying the things. <laughs> yeah. It was all a prank. And Kenny just goes, Aah! and starts spinning around. <laughs> <laughs> he gets all caught up in the... What's the... Not the curtain. It's like, like a bed covering. It's like a
1: canopy bed. Yeah, I can't think of what the, the... this the Basically, the curtain that goes around it. There's a name for it, and I can't think of what it is. Yeah.
0: Anyway. He, he gets all tangled up in that. I thought he was going to like hang himself. Yeah. Or fall, like, like fall out a window or something. Yeah. But no, he it just freezes, and we jump to the opening credits. Mm-hmm. Uh... Hard cut to three years later, it's the big senior party, and oh my God, can you believe it? It's on a train. And these kids are so fucking excited to be on a train. (laughs) Wait till they get a load of planes, because my God. (laughs) That's a whole new world. (laughs) Their heads will explode. (laughs) Like literally, they get out of the bus, and the kids are like, oh my God, it's a train. (laughs) (laughs) Um and uh, obviously you know since you're here you know it's New Year's Eve they're all having a big costume party one guy's dressed like Groucho Marx one guy's dressed like a sleaze stack or maybe one of the Illuminati um, Jamie Lee is dressed like a pirate and her boyfriend Bo is or Mo right is her parrot then there's Doc who is dressed like some kind of monk or something fucking Ellis from Die Hard Oh, really? Yeah. Um, yeah, and so they're all, you know, they get on this train, and the guy in the Groucho Marx mask, as they're going to leave, he's got a saber run through his belly. Everyone's like, oh, ha, ha! look at that. He's funny. He's a funny guy. <laughs> no one goes to check on him. He just dies yeah. right there on the train platform. It's like, oh, surely this may, must just be one of Ed's tricks. you know? Yeah, one of his lampooneries. <laughs> With his last dying breath, he rolls under the train and gets crushed. <laughs> uh, someone takes his costume, and so now we've got a masked killer on the train. But who is the killer? Ooh. Yeah, I, you probably already figured it out even if you hadn't seen this right. movie. If you haven't, you are an idiot. They make it seem like it's this kind of whodunit, mm-hmm. but then like the reveal is still really early. Even if they are trying to do a whodunit, yeah, and and the reveal <laughs> is not like they pull off the mask and go, oh my god, it's Kenny. Spoiler alert! It's Kenny. Um, <laughs> no, it's just Elena goes, it, Doc, it's Kenny. Yeah, and you, you're at home going, well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, did, was that in question? <laughs> was I not supposed to know that? Because you made it kind of obvious. Like, I must be the smartest person on the planet. Like, I was trying to figure out the whole time. I'm like, is it supposed to be like a Michael Myers thing where we know who it is, but he's still wearing a mask? Yeah. Or is it supposed to be a mystery? Yeah. I mean, you know, it's it kind of makes you
1: think that like, oh, could it be, um, you know, somebody...
0: They so do of slip Kenny, some red herrings. Y- well, it's like, but at the same time, you you know it's always you always know it's Kenny.
1: Yeah, it's like you know it's Kenny, but sometimes it's like, okay, well, I, maybe is it somebody who's like related to Kenny, you know, avenging him
0: or something. Yeah, or maybe there's more than one, you kind of yeah. think at some at a couple points. Um but yeah, but no. Everybody's, you know, they're just drinking and smoking weed and fucking and fingering and Putting things
1: in holes. Yeah.
0: Uh, there's also a band and a magician on the train
1: David Copperfield. Oh, magic.
0: <laughs> what a fucking treat. Oh, he was so young.
1: <laughs> yep. Um, the only reason I recognized him is because I saw, I've seen like posters from his shows back in the 80s and
0: like just seeing him with that ridiculous hair. Like,
1: but that's the only reason I recognized that it was David Copperfield.
0: The only reason I recognized him is because I used to watch all the fucking David Copperfield specials. really? <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny how, like, back in the day, there was such pageantry to magic, mm. you know, and magicians had to wear full tuxes, and their, their uh, uh, you know, their their ladies, yeah. their assistants would wear these ball gowns. And now you look like Justin Willman on Magic for Humans, and he's just out there on the street wearing, you know, chucks and dockers or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And he's just like, hey, watch this! Yeah, like, um, like even David Blaine, you know, dressed like Steve Jobs.
1: I mean, street magic is is a is a big thing now. Like the 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 illusionist, the, the, the like like, um, you know, Copperfield, um, to a lesser extent, like Penn and Teller, you know, that type of stuff. You know, these big Vegas stage, Siegfried, Siegfried Siegfried Roy. Roy. yeah. these big Vegas stage shows. You know, they're not really what people. It doesn't really represent magic nowadays. Yeah. You know, it's still there, and these guys are legends in their field, but the guys that are still doing it and, you know, making, keeping <clears throat> magic alive are street magicians. Yeah. You know, guys like... this. this guy I follow um, on YouTube uh, and Instagram. He's, uh, he's a street, ma- street magician. I mean, he does shows, but by and large, he's a street magician. He'll, like, walk into, like, a... Like a barbershop
0: or you know a shoe store or something, and just start doing like card tricks and shit. And I mean, even Chris Angel, you know, like yeah, he has a big Vegas show, but he got his start doing street magic. Yeah, exactly. And he still just dresses like an everyday (laughs) douchebag. He's he looks like the Affliction store threw up on him. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, back to the movie. (laughs) Uh, Jackson, who is the guy who was dressed like a sleeve stack, he gets killed, he gets his face smashed into a a mirror, and then the killer takes his mask and he goes and finds Mitchie, who is Elena's best friend and Doc's girlfriend. And he's like, Hey, you uh trying to fuck? And she's like, Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Because Doc went off to finger some other girl who was dressed like Jasmine from Aladdin or something. Yeah. Something or other. And so she was like, all right, well I'm gonna fuck Jackson. And so there's a lot of cross fucking going on. Yeah. Jackson's hand kind of like runs up and down her, her chest and stuff. But uh, surprise, it's because the killer is holding Jackson's uh, severed hand. And is just like, ooh, it yeah. Was ooh. the whole time. <laughs> yeah. Meanwhile, the fucking conductor, the, the train
1: conductor, has discovered Jackson's body mm-hmm. in, locked in the laboratory he he like uses blood his, everywhere. Yeah, he like uses his master key to unlock it and sees him there. closes it back up and then goes and tells his buddy, "It's like hey, there's a dead kid in one of those bathrooms." Okay, bye. <laughs>
0: Someone should do something.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's like at no point did they like said, "Well, maybe should we stop the train or should we do like a like a head count or something." know, things that you might do in a crisis?
0: Nope. We got to make we got to make 815 in Chattanooga.
1: Yeah. Well, let's just get to where we're going and then we'll handle it.
0: Yeah. Uh so yeah, people just start
1: I didn't even touch it this time. Oh, wait. Sorry. My foot pulled the cord.
0: It was stopped.
1: I was just trying to get it back on the dock.
0: Just stop it. We'll figure it out later. That thing is the
1: fucking bane of my existence. <laughs>
0: All right. So people start getting picked off one by one. Like Tony said, the, conduct- the c- conductor, <laughs> He's a <he's> Kentucky Fried <laughs> Conductor. <laughs> he keeps finding bodies. Um, doing nothing about it. Pretty much, yeah. And so... David Copperfield, he's doing his magic thing. And Doc is just sitting oh. on the ground going, boo! <laughs> just tackling it for no reason. It's fake! Anybody could do that! <laughs> uh, and then all of a sudden, he realizes Mo is sitting next to him dead. <laughs> just stabbed to death. At what point did Mo get stabbed? Did they even show that? No. Didn't think so. It was some up at some point during the magic show. Okay, because <laughs> I guess it was dark and stormy. Nobody saw. Yep. Uh, so yeah, this is about the point that that Elena says, obviously it's Kenny. Duh. Right. And Doc is like, what? <laughs> <laughs> and then he pulls out his old yearbook, flips it open, sees Kenny, whatever, uh, Hang Hampson magic club, right. Gears start turning. He's like the magician is Kenny, even though he doesn't look like Kenny. No, he looks nothing like Kenny. It's like but it must be. Must but, be Kenny. But it must be Kenny. <laughs> because Kenny liked magic. The only two people in this world
1: that like magic are <laughs> Kenny and this magician. No, there can't be two.
0: <laughs> so they have to be the same person. Coincidence? <laughs> I think not. Uh, finally they stop the train. They get everybody off. Not, I mean, I said there was just finger earlier. <laughs> just go up and down the line, jacking people off. It's, all right, There's clearly too much sexual tension that you're all murdering each other. So it's all just get off. <laughs> I got two hands in a mouth. <laughs> Who's next? Um, <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> um... Yeah, so Doc and Elena, they like hide in one of the rooms. And Elena, for some reason, suddenly thinks that Doc is the killer. And so she like runs out. Does she? I think so. She runs out. I don't remember why. She's all like, ah. Um, <laughs> yeah, she's like that. In dramatic fashion. And then Doc just starts like going crazy in the room and. Then all of a sudden, the killer comes out from underneath the bed, chops his head off. Yep. Not a, not a great effect when you see his decapitated head. Nope. It's a pretty cheap-looking decapitated head. Mm-hmm. It looks like it's frozen. <clears throat> I'm not really sure why. Yeah. It was all <laughs> kind of like bluish-greenish. Not great. Not great, um, Bob. No. Uh, so, the, yeah, they sequester everybody into one car because apparently that way the killer can kill them all easier, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> um,
1: uh, Who, could, they had him, <clears throat> Sorry, when they had them outside of the, of the train, like they, they stopped it in the middle of nowhere. They're just in this, you know, snowy, you know, forest land somewhere in the middle of nowhere. They're all standing outside and they're like, all right, take off your masks. Everybody take your masks off.
0: What is this going to prove? I mean, I get it. Like if you think there's a killer on the loose, you want to see everybody's faces. But
1: what, I mean, unless they had a specific person in mind and at this point, I think it's only Elena. Yeah. uh, What are they looking for? I mean,
0: somebody (laughs) with something to hide, I guess.
1: I guess. I don't know.
0: Anyway, so they lock Elena in this room. They put this guy who I thought was Isaac Hayes at first. <laughs> they, they say, "Hey, watch this room. Make sure nobody gets in." But that guy gets run through with a sword, mm-hmm. one of the swords from the magician's magic box. Huh? So clearly, it's the magician. God, oh, two and two. Because really? uh, why wouldn't he kill people with things from his act? <laughs> right. <laughs> um, I mean, he's already got him. Why not? Elena comes out. She finds the 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 break man from the train and she says hey I, f- I figured out who it is it's kenny blah blah blah, blah. the brake man looks up and he's wearing a mask and he takes off the mask and it's kenny uh, but he then he takes off the hat and he's wearing a wig it was the magician's assistant the whole time Yep. and the magician is he's dead
1: right poor David Copperfield he just couldn't get out of that knife
0: box nope or sword box whatever <sighs> um, yeah Elena's like look I'm sorry you know I, I didn't know I didn't want to be part of it but they made me and yada 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 and Kenny's like kiss me Elena kiss me you know like before he, he flipped he flipped the gimmick yeah and uh, so she kisses him and he goes <laughs> freaks out again. And then manages to get twisted up in another curtain. (laughs) He's just spinning around like the Tasmanian devil. And so then she just kicks him off the train. He falls off a a trestle into this frozen river and his body floats down. He doesn't even land in the river. He lands on the river bank and then then like rolls into the river. Yeah. And then his body just starts floating down the river. Roll credits. (laughs) I was like, wait, that's the end? They don't want to like...
1: I don't know, somehow make sure he's dead or something or has some kind of I epilogue. Mean, that guy's
0: definitely dead. But still, like, you don't even... Like, that's the end? You just cut it off right yeah. there? It's like there's no...
1: Like, there's no nut. You, know, you get no nut. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I don't... Uh, I don't get it. <laughs> People... Love this movie. Do they? Don't they? I don't know about love. I feel like there's people that love this movie. I mean, I could be wrong, but... It wouldn't surprise me. It surprises me, (laughs) because I don't understand this. You know, this was uh, written... I mean, this was made at a time when, you know schlocky horror was you know kind of really finding its groove and you know it's that kind of like early early on um wave of canadian horror so you know these really polite canadians are trying to find out how to make horror <laughs> um <clears throat> and what was that other movie we watched a while ago that was was a canadian horror I don't know. Uh, it was like from the 80s. Like, fuck, what was it? Uh, never mind. All right. I just remember it being schlocky as well. It's kind of goofy. Oh, it was um, like, ha- was it Happy Birthday to Me?
0: Well, I didn't watch that one.
1: I know. Either way. Uh, yeah, this one's just um, the story is kind of. Dry. I mean, not 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 dry. That's not.
0: It doesn't have a lot to offer. I guess. <laughs> well, like I said, it, it it kind of seems a little confused because it seems like at points it wants to be this who done it, but at other points it's like it's just Halloween where you know who the killer is and you. That's that's that. Yeah, and I mean, you know, it, it, I guess it's fine to have that
1: kind of frame of mind because even in Halloween, it's like you know. We, as the audience, know it's Michael Myers. But people in Haddonfield don't know it's Michael Myers, except yeah. for a select few. Same thing in this. It's like, we know it's Kenny. We know it's Kenny from the start, because who the fuck else would it be?
0: Yeah, why would they show us that whole thing if it wasn't Kenny? Right.
1: Um, but, you know, there are people on the train that don't know it's Kenny. So I, I get it. Um, But just the, the execution was kind of weak. <laughs> yeah. Um I mean, it's not... Terrible. I mean, not unwatchable, I guess. No. But it's not something I'd, like, add to my favorites list or anything like that. No. It's, it's not that great. Um, and I could swear this is one of those movies
0: that just has, like, this <clears throat> following. I mean, I know there's people who say, you know, like, this is, you know, you have to watch this at New Year's Eve if you're a horror fan. I disagree. <laughs> um, I, I thought it was okay. I... As I was watching it, I just kept thinking this is the kind of movie they should remake. Haven't they? I don't think so. I could swear they did. I mean, I know there's been other train movies, but I don't think they've actually been an actual remake of this. Because hmm. like this the story's not not terrible. Like I said, it's it's a little confused at points, but that, you know, could just be the way that it, the way it's laid out, not so much the the script itself. Yeah. But you know, it's not without its its little boo-boos that could easily be be ironed out. And it could definitely use an upgrade in effects, yeah, and and violence, you know, now that you can get away with more stuff. You can actually show a lot more of the kills. Yeah. Yeah. And that was the thing that really kind of bothered me was that sh- there's no
1: real um viol- I mean, a lot of kills, but nothing really was shown on screen. Yeah. Like you uh, saw
0: Jackson get his face smashed into the mirror. And that's really the only thing you see. Yeah. Do you actually... And you, you see uh, Doc's terrible fake decapitated head. Right. And then
1: Copperfield all stuffed in that box and impaled multiple times. But but you don't actually see it, the act. No. Um, and it's just... Yeah. I don't know. Like for, for uh, a murder mystery, there wasn't really a lot of murder on screen. Yeah. You saw a few deaths, but most of the people... I don't know, <clears throat> but it's, it was really dry and, and kind of slow and, <clears throat> and very outdated. I guess, I guess that's kind of where I'm coming from. This movie itself is very outdated. It doesn't hold up well. Yeah. It may have been a more entertaining back in the day when like the, the, the pinnacle of horror at that time was something like Halloween,
0: mm-hmm. but nowadays it just doesn't really resonate very well. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. I, th- I think this is the type of movie that would benefit from a remake as opposed to remaking something that everyone already loves. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like... Like, yeah, you're going to have your cult following of people who are like, that movie's perfect, don't touch it. <laughs> but it's it's not. This movie's far from perfect. Right. But it's, you know, you can tell that it's got good bones.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it could definitely benefit from um, some liberties taken with the story. Um just to kind of beef it up and make it a little more interesting involve make, maybe involve a little more, uh, mystery. Yeah. It's like there, there's a place for, you know, having a killer be obvious or, you know, having, you know, not really having a, uh, a mystery man so much, just somebody you, you're already aware of. Um, and you're know, kind of doing away with the who done it aspect. There's a, there's a place for that, but I think this could benefit from that being kind of
0: retooled. Yeah. Um, yeah. But do it like a proper remake where you actually like make the same movie, but better instead of making a different movie and having the same title. Right. So it's on a train. thing. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. Um, like you said, it, it's, you know, watching it in 2019 it definitely even you know even if you go back and watch halloween that still there are things about halloween that stand the test of time and this it it's very dated yeah it's not something that really you know lives on the the effects especially are very uh, stuck in time yeah very indicative of when the movie came out yeah i mean the the effects are aged
1: the story is thin the characters are kind of underdeveloped, and there there are a lot of like just like archetype characters.
0: Like Elena is very similar to Lori Strode. Yeah, ironically, like she's, she's by the same person. Yeah, probably not. Ironically, no, not ironically. <laughs> um, deliberately. Maybe. Yeah, like she's you know the good girl who kind of gets talked into things and also smokes weed. <laughs> <laughs> Um. yeah it's, that was one thing that always cracked me up By Halloween is like you know Lori is just like such this good girl that does all her homework and does everything right but then they get in the car and they're like smoke this dude, and she's like okay <laughs> but yeah this movie
1: I mean I can't really give it a high rating because it's not that good Maybe it was better with, you know, 1980 eyes sensibilities. But, but nowadays, it just like I said, it just doesn't really hold up. It's it's doesn't really resonate.
0: Yeah. So um, anything else? I mean, I I still I enjoyed it for what it was, but like I said, it it definitely could use an update. And I I, th- I think this is the kind of movie they should be remaking, as opposed to movies like Halloween or Evil Dead or movies that you know, have this huge following. And yeah, I know there are people who are like, oh, Terror Train is great. But they're a much smaller audience than those other ones. Yeah, And I, I feel like you're not going to be pissing off as many people. Even those people might even be like, yeah, you know, I love that movie, but it could definitely use an update. Mm. So it's weird for that to be my biggest compliment. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is this could really do with a remake? But um, yeah, I, I think that the, the story is good enough to warrant it. And you know, if you add cell phones, because modern day, then you just, you enhance the story. Sure, yeah. Because then people get it. It's like, oh, right, cell phones. Right. Because we have those. Yeah. He could be like Snapchatting pe- people he kills and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, or TikToking, I guess, is the the thing now. I, I don't know. I don't. I know t- I
1: know that TikTok is a thing. I don't really understand it. Yeah. And that means I, I'm getting old.
0: I, as far as I can tell, TikTok is Vine. It kind of seems that way. Yeah. And I didn't use Vine either, so yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna give it a six.
1: All right, um, yeah. I mean, I gotta, I have to look at it with my my own eyes rather than try to um, guess how maybe it was received in the '80s, right? Uh, and by that measure, it's just it this, the it's very schlocky. It's not the story's not very good. The characters aren't very good. The kills. aren't. I disagree that the story is not very good. It's it's thin. Okay, yeah. It's like you I said, mean, most slashers are though. Well, like you said, it's got good bones, but it was very underdeveloped. Yeah, they could have done so much more with it and made made it. They could have punched it up and made it more interesting, but they just didn't. Whether or not they, they just didn't want to, or didn't know how, or like you know, didn't really have the um, the the forethought to to do so. I, I don't know. But the the story was very thin and by that count not all that great. Um and like I said,
0: confused at times. Yeah. Not confusing, but the story itself was confused. Like it didn't know what kind of movie it wanted to be. Right. Um And
1: yeah, just overall it's like I was kind of bored out of my mind pretty much the entire time <laughs> I was watching this. Like a couple of times I almost dozed off. There are a couple times, just like man, can I just like turn this off and still talk about it? <laughs> um. So,
0: ah, uh, I think I gotta give this a four. All right. I love the scene where he's wearing the the old man mask or whatever it is, and she like locks herself in the little room, and he's got the giant crowbar and he's
1: breaking all the the light bulbs. Yeah, that part was cool. That was probably the most tense part of the, the yeah. movie. Yeah. Um, but even that was really underplayed. Yeah. Like, like, they could have really done a
0: lot with that scene, and they just didn't. Yeah, like, those are the kind of things that I'm saying, like, a a remake would really make sense for this movie, I Mm -hmm. think. I'm gonna write it. Fuck Mm it. Okay.
1: All right, so that is 1980s Terror Train. You know, like, a lot of the posters and all, like, the marketing and stuff has the killer with the Groucho Marx mask. Mm -hmm. He wore that for, like,
0: two minutes. Yeah, he switched masks a bunch of times.
1: Which is smart. True. But, like, they used the Groucho Marx mask, which he was barely wearing. Yeah. Anyway. um, You know who it, he, uh, that mask, you know who it actually looked like? It was Gene Shalit. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, kind of.
1: It's wearing a Gene Shalit mask. <laughs> um. Alright. <clears throat> so, next up, is the 1999 film starring Arnold Schwarzenegger, Arnold Bra- Braunschweiger, <laughs> uh, called End of Days? December 31st, 1999. The end of a century. The end of a millennium.
0: The beginning of the end. He's coming for you, Christine. Can you see him? Who are you? How do you know my name? He's gonna find you, Christine. Get down on the ground! You don't know what you've done! You said here the guy spoke to you. Yeah, so what? The guy doesn't have a tongue.
1: Listen to this. I've seen the
0: Earth laid to waste. Take it easy. We are the good guys.
1: They tried to kill me. Why?
0: She's been chosen.
1: Chosen for what? Then the Dark Angel consummates your flesh with this human body before midnight on New Year's Eve, then he unlocks
0: the gate of hell.
1: Ah! I've come for my wife, Christine.
0: May God forgive us!
1: Let her go. How can you expect to
0: defeat me? when I am forever, and you are just a man. Let me tell you, they say "end of days" so many times in just, this movie. Just so you know, yeah, uh, take take a drink every time they say "end of days." You probably won't get that fucked up because this movie's six hours long. <laughs> it's not that long. <laughs> Jesus, uh, it's one hundred and twenty-two minutes and two
1: hours and two minutes. <laughs> All right, so this movie, uh, like I said, it uh, stars Arnold Schwarzenegger, Gabriel Byrne. <laughs> Beard. Uh, <Cross> Beard. <laughs> Kevin Pollock, Robin Tooney, and Rod Steger. It also has Udo Kier, who's always just a, a delight in his creepy way. <laughs> um, so this movie centers around uh, just kind of the prophecy of the Antichrist, basically. Um it's, it takes place, it starts on December 28th, 1999. So for all those, those of you that were around <laughs> back at the turn of the century, um, the the Y2K was a big deal. Oh, it was a very real concern. Yeah, I mean, not for like a week. It, it, was, it was overblown, but at its core, there was a, yeah, very real issue. For those, I mean, for you, I don't know if they even cover this in like history classes or anything, but back when computer systems were, de- were developed and companies were moving everything over to computers rather than manual, you know, paper records and, you know, um, you know power companies were moving over to computer programmed uh, systems and, and things like that. In order to save space by keeping your track of the date, instead of using four digits, they were using two. So for instance... Instead of 1990, they would just use 90. And that was fine <laughs> all the way up till 1999. But once, hey, we got to the year 2000 that would reset to 00, zero there was a very real concern and probably a, a legitimate one um, at, a, at a time where... Everything At, was going to reset to 1900. Yeah, which would fuck up billing systems, um, uh, you know, security systems. It, basically, there were there was
0: concerns that entire power you know power companies would shut down. I don't know That's how the general sh- was, but there were concerns that missiles would launch themselves, airplanes would fall out of the sky. Yeah, that <laughs> those seem a little ex- extreme. Um, but you know, there are
1: things like you know the stock market having issues. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, you know, power companies losing, you know, uh, u- utility companies losing functionality. Um, and basically just real end of the world type shit. Yeah. A lot of it was pumped up by the media, go figure. Um, and, you know, people's only own
0: um, worst case scenario. Exactly. Kind of. <clears throat> but it, it seriously felt like it was like this major earth shattering concern for like, three weeks and then all the geeks were like guys we fixed it yeah it's, it's okay <laughs> we got it now
1: <laughs> we just uh, needed
0: to rewrite it, some code like it's fine
1: well i mean this, it, it was a building concern like i think i think probably the first time i can remember hearing about it like the whole y2k scare uh was probably around like 96 97 where it's like "Ooh, we might be facing an issue in three years yeah um and you know it it was kind of a growing concern as as the millennia came near um and you know yeah like taylor said eventually got to a point where computer programmers were like it's all right guys we got it it's gonna be fine but there yeah. still it, it
0: wasn't like a zero hour thing right yeah everybody was crossing their fingers going what's gonna happen like they've they figured it out relatively early yeah but there are still people out there and you know
1: again again the media was not helping but there are people out there still they're just like we don't know what's gonna happen at midnight yeah there's like people getting in bomb shelters and shit Mm -hmm. um so that was kind of uh around in this movie it was it was kind of a a, an underlying thing uh the year 2000 was coming and nobody really knew exactly what was going to happen you know was new york city gonna go dark nobody knows um even, I'm sure if any power company had figured it out, it was probably fucking Edison. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. Anyway. Um. So the story uh, kind of centers around. Or sorry. Actually, I guess we starts in 1979, where this priest at the Vatican sees uh, a prophetical uh, sign in the sky, where a comet is passing over the moon. It appears as kind of like a rough image of a of an eye which is indicated as this prophecy of the eye of god which indicates that is going to, the, the the birth of the human or uh, birth of the woman that would birth the birth satan's child was being born so this priest is sent by the pope to find the girl cuz they don't know where she is the pope who is the old guy in the wheelchair from breaking bad right. <laughs> Guy with the bell, yeah, Um, uh, or uh, uh, Mister Shikadance, Ace Ventura's landlord.
0: (laughs) Oh shit, yeah, (laughs) Ventura. (laughs) Yes, Satan. See, it's a (laughs) tie-in. There we go. Um,
1: (laughs) So, uh, so this priest is dispatched by the Pope to go find this girl and protect her. Um. So and he does a shit job. Yeah. Cause basically uh the Satanists have already invaded, they already know where she is. Um it, you know, she's being born in New York. Um they've positioned themselves to be not only her doctor, but the delivering nurse. <laughs> um and as soon as she's born, she's swept off into a deep dark basement in this hospital. Um, and she's ha- has these satanic rites done over her. She's B- baptized in rattlesnake blood. Right. Um, and then she just goes about her life for 20 years. Starts working at a record store in Jersey. Right. Shaves her head. Tries to commit suicide, and then moves to the big city. Yep. That checks out. <laughs> um,
0: uh, elsewhere, I just want to talk, Warren. Talk to my gun. <laughs> what do you, you want, want, Warren? <laughs> my name isn't fucking Warren. <laughs> his name isn't Warren? I thought his name was Warren.
1: Let's just talk about Empire Records. I'm down. <laughs> Let's just do an entire episode on Empire Records. Let's drunken cinema Empire Records. <laughs> Nothing to do with our <laughs> theme, but fuck it. Um. All right, so... We jump forward to 1999. Um, uh, this girl named she her name is Christine. She's grown up. Um, it's kind of like a New York, not quite socialite, but you know, kind of upper middle class, well to do. Yeah, uh, she lives you know in a brownstone in Manhattan, so she must not be doing too bad, um, or at least her parents, anyway. Uh, she's since been orphaned. Her mother died. Then her nurse, who is also the satanic nurse, that delivered her. Uh, was her housemaid, and then married her father, so now she's her stepmother. Uh, And then her father died. And then her father died. Under mysterious circumstances. Mm, Quite, quite mysterious. Um, Then also we have a burned-out ex-cop named Jericho Keen. (laughs) Y2J. Um, Now, if there wasn't... like. Schwarzenegger, he's had a lot of like just dumb names in movies. <laughs> uh, usually they're like John or Jack something, but just really these generic dumb names. Or um, Arnold Schwarzenegger. Sure. In Last action hero. <laughs> um, Arnold Braunschweiger. He's a burned out ex cop, um, alcoholic, suicidal. Um, his we find out later in the film that his wife and daughter were uh, killed through through some kind of contract hit because of his position as a cop. His daughter, Renee Olstead. Right. It's like, she, at one point, she's in the bathtub, and it's just like, oh, man, if only this was 20 years later. <laughs> um, you can find pictures of that. <laughs> oh, I know. <laughs> I've seen them. Um, <laughs> anyway, um, but he uh, he's since like quit his job or was fired as a cop, and he's now taken up a job as private security um, but like a really m- militaristic private yeah. security company. It's like a mix between like what you know might consider like normal private security and like Blackwater <laughs> somewhere in the middle um, uh, along with his partner Kevin Pollock, yeah whose name is Bobby Chicago. <laughs> Now, if that's not a gambler's name, I don't know what is. <laughs> um, and uh, you know, Kevin Pollock is just—he's being Kevin Pollock, pretty that's much. Yeah, kind of what he does. Have you watched the Marvels, Mrs. M- Mrs. Maisel?
0: I've seen like maybe one or two. Oh
1: man, he plays her father-in-law. He's fucking hilarious. Yeah. Like I don't—I don't know that he's actually Jewish, but he plays like the Jewish Jew. <laughs> it's hilarious. Um, anyway. Um, and then like Tony Shaloub is her dad and they just can't fucking stand each <laughs> other. It's hilarious. Um, so, um, oh, god damn. There's like different threads that I need to talk about. O- along with this, um, we see this, uh, he's a, they don't really describe him much before, <laughs> but he's, he's an investment baker. He goes into this really nice restaurant. He sits down with a man, maybe like a business partner or something, and presume his wife or something, sitting down to dinner. Elsewhere nearby, uh, these con ed guys are working in in the sewer trying to uh, figure out a gas pressure problem. Um, Suddenly, the manholes start exploding in fire, and up from this fire comes this predator. (laughs) It's that same kind of effect that where it's, like, invisible, but you can still see it, that yeah. kind of thing. like a silhouette. But it's, like, a winged thing. Uh, and, you know, in case you're coming late to the party, it's the devil. <laughs> it's the, the devil. devil. So, so he goes flying through the city and finds Gabriel Bill, <laughs> who has dis, uh, excused himself from the table. He's in the bathroom at the resta- resta- restaurant and just kind of you know, washing his hands. And then he goes to this violent possession or the the winged creature goes into him and he starts being thrown around the walls and everything. And then he comes out of the bathroom. Now he's Satan. And he... He just uh, grabs a handful of titty. Yeah. He, <laughs> this guy he's having dinner with, he just walks up, grabs his wife's tit out of her dress and just lays one on her. And this guy's like, hey, what the fuck are you doing? And he just gives him like this death stare. And I always always wished I could do that. (laughs) Just like have such an intimidating stare that somebody would just back off. That someone would just be like, oh, please fuck my wife. (laughs) Not not do that. As you were. (laughs) I wouldn't do that because I don't want to be labeled a sexual predator. But. In other cases, if I were to, like, go and, like, steal somebody's sandwich at McDonald's or something, I'd just be like, hey, man, what are you doing? And i just be like. Yeah, that ain't it. <laughs> <laughs> I'll work on it. I'll get there. I'll get there. Um, that doesn't but, intimidate me at all. <laughs> um, I think when I'm, like, genuinely angry, I do have kind of a death stare. <laughs>
0: Do you turn, like, bright red when you're angry? Huh? Do you turn bright red when you're angry? Like, get flush? Yeah. I don't think so. No. Yeah. Why? It's just because you're pale, so I, I feel like you would get uh-huh. flush when you get angry or excited or something.
1: No. Yeah. I don't think so. Because
0: that could be intimidating if you were just all, like, red-faced. If I just suddenly turned, like, bright red like the devil? Yeah. Sure, yeah. Or if you look like, like Brock Lesnar after, like, 45 seconds in the ring or something. Yeah. <laughs>
1: No, like, I don't really get red, um, like, even if I'm at the gym, if I'm, like, running or something, I, like, I get, like, red in my cheeks, but I don't get, like, beet red like a lot of people do. Hmm. Um, anyway. Anyway. So he, uh, he's just tongue-fucking this girl. And or, she is loving it. <laughs> and then he pulls off and he just... Pops her tit back in. <laughs> like, gently. as yeah, like, Very politely. And he just walks out of the restaurant, and she's like, God damn, I want that dick. Yeah,
0: she's in like a sex coma. Uh-huh.
1: And as he steps out the door, the whole fucking restaurant blows up, <laughs> which is awesome. And he doesn't look. No. He's tough. He's the devil. He doesn't look at explosions. Um. So uh, let's see all these kind of things start coming back to coming together. Um,
0: Yeah. So like Tony talked about how the, uh, you know, this uh, private security that Arnold and Kevin Pollock do, they're like super militaristic. They get hired to protect this investment banker and this guy goes to shoot him and they jump out of a helicopter. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And like grab him and get ready to throw him off a building or some shit. Like, It's insane. (laughs) Yeah. So, I mean, they're, they're, they have
1: this like armored escort for this guy. They don't really question why he needs this armored (laughs) escort. They're just like, well, it's our job. Fuck it. He's paying. So, but they've got like two, like, you know, his car he's in and then like two other cars and fucking air support and a helicopter. Um, They get to their location and he gets out of the car and suddenly this gunfire, you know, somebody from one of the fire escapes on a nearby building starts opening fire. Um, and they get, they get, uh, the devil back into the car and take off. Uh, and then Schwarzenegger and Pollock, they start chasing after this guy. Um, and they get up to the rooftops or they get get this, (laughs) they get this helicopter to come down into the middle of Manhattan traffic because that (laughs) happens every day. They climb up on top of all these taxis and just jump into this helicopter. Imagine being in that traffic and then like going home and telling your wife why you're late for dinner. It's like, no, I swear to god, somebody started shooting and this helicopter came down and these guys got in.
0: Like, watching this all, I could think of was, you know, there's some wild shit that happens in New York. This is a little much.
1: Yeah. <laughs> um but they go up to the rooftops and they're chasing this guy across the, uh, one of the buildings and, um like, they end up chasing him down into the into the subway. Or like, a, like an abandoned? No, it's a. Isn't it abandoned? It subway? I don't think it was abandoned, but it was closed. Yeah, Um and the guy pulls out a, a gun and he says, "You know, the the end of days is near." The um he said it. Huh? No, he said he said it. At it. I can't remember exactly what it's.
0: Something about a thousand years.
1: Yeah, the thousand years has ended. Um, you know, we're going to have the end of, end of days.
0: Uh, the dark angel is loosed from his prison.
1: That's what it was. Um, and so he pulls out a gun, and so Jericho just puts two in his knees um, and takes him down. Then Detective CCH Pounder comes in. She's like, God damn it, Dutch! <laughs> um, and uh, she's saying, you, you said that, or she, you know, this is kind of post-investigation, you know, they're carting this guy off to the hospital. And she goes to Jericho and says, you said this guy talked to you? And he's like, have, have you been drinking? He's like, no, why? He's like, that's
0: none of your business. Yes, I have. <laughs>
1: <laughs> he's like, no, why? And she's like, well, this guy doesn't have a tongue. So. <laughs> um, uh, he lifts this matchbook off of the, off the guy. And they, um, oh, I guess they find out this guy is a priest. And after some investigating, find out this is actually the priest that the Pope sent to find Christine back in the 70s. He's found her. He took up residence at a local church and has since been, he's since gone insane. Um, so basically, the rest of the movie is, uh, Jericho investigating um these occurrences and basically getting further and further into um these prophecies of the end of days uh that the the devil will come to earth um to impregnate a human woman and birth the Antichrist, <laughs> but there's these silly rules that <laughs> these prophecies <laughs> prophecies always seem to have in movies. It's like he has to impregnate her between eleven and midnight on New Year's Eve in nineteen ninety nine. Yeah, I love when uh, when
0: when Jerry is like, is that Eastern time? (laughs) Um,
1: and uh, yeah, it's like when when you base something on time, like a specific time, like I could see a day, like maybe there's a full like twenty four hour cycle or something you know based on the position of the moon yeah like relative to, to the earth or something, or something. but Even it's always that, that was relative in location i mean <laughs> like the moon position with the earth and the sun and you know these cosmic oh yeah, yeah. Uh, cosmic placing on a certain day whatever that that i could buy but it's like oh well it has to be done by midnight
0: at this one place on earth <laughs> um it's just like come on like you said you know that is that Eastern time? Because if that's Pacific time, we got another three hours. Like right. We're good.
1: Um, but, uh, you know, he finds Christine uh, because this priest was spying on her <laughs> uh, and just through, you know, a random assortment of clues, it led him to Christine and now she's, he's trying to protect her while the devil and his kind of minions
0: are closing in. They get led to Christine because they find a picture of her in the guy's refrigerator. Right. And then the priest gets murdered by the devil and he carves Christine York into his, the guy's chest. But they thought it said Christ in New York. Right. There's a lot of. And then Arnold's just like, maybe you didn't say Christ in New York. Maybe it said Chris in New York or Christine York. You jumped right to that, huh? (laughs) Well, he's very good.
1: (laughs) He was a detective. Uh, there's a lot of silly things in this. Um, I mean, that being one of them, and then like there. So he gets tied in with this priest at, a, at the church where Father Thomas, this other this priest that went insane, was taking up his station. Um, he's explaining this prophecy of Satan coming back to Earth. Um, I forget what book it was, but like it was, ver, you know,
0: verse 20, line 7. seven, seven I, I don't yeah, know. it was 27, but I don't think they even never said the book. I don't remember them right. saying it. I think he just said 27.
1: <clears throat> he um, He's saying that like oftentimes, you know, you, you have dreams about the number 666, you know, which has been linked to the, as the number of the beast, but oftentimes in dreams things appear upside down and are... And Backwards. Backwards. So in this case, 666 upside down turns into 999, as in 1999. 1999. It's like, oh, Oh. come on. (laughs) This came out in 1999, so I was... uh, 15? Yeah. And even at 15, I'm like, what? (laughs) No, I take that back. No, at first, when I first saw this, I'm like, oh, that makes sense. (laughs) How about that? And then, like, every subsequent viewing after that, I'm just like, that is fucking stupid. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) uh, Yeah, so basically, it's just kind of this cat and mouse game through New York where Jericho's trying to protect Christine um, from not only the devil but this sect of Catholics that have deemed themselves protectors kind of of, of the world. The Vatican Knights. Right. And the um, Vegas Vatican Knights. <laughs> they have determined that the only way to prevent this prophecy from coming true is uh, to kill Christine, so they're out for her blood. Um, yeah, and you know uh the satan comes after jericho on point trying to bribe him kind of be his foot soldier um in the impending end of days uh he says you know i can give you everything back that you missed and he throws up this fabrication of him of his daughter wife and daughter being alive again and, um but it uh continues on to where uh they finally, er so, he, <laughs> they capture Christine and take her to this basement in this random fucking building. Uh, right? It wasn't. It wasn't in that theater that they were operating out of. Right? I don't think so. It, it was just this building with this like weird cathedral that reminded me of that the uh, the pit in uh, Temple of Doom. Rather, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, kind of. <laughs> uh, except it was like kind of like steampunk or something. There's just like pipes and shit everywhere. Um, But yeah, there's just like all these satanic followers down there chanting and, uh, you know, there's this satanic priest up on this altar uh, where Christine's laying and, you know, the devil's about to mount her in front of of his audience. And it's like, I'm thinking, what the fuck is all this pageantry? It's like, is this part of the prophecy? Does he have to have put on a fucking show? Why... (laughs) He's 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 falling victim to the typical villain fault. He's gotta put on a big fucking production. Yeah, it's all vanity. It's just like just fuck her and get her over get it over with. Yeah. It's like it's eleven o'clock. You got an hour to go. You know this guy who's been able to outsmart you a couple times, is on his way to find you. Just get it done. Then you can rule the world for the rest of time. Whatever.
0: Just picture someone in the crowd. We're like, sucker tits. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, fucker, <laughs> sucker tits. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah. So just in the nick of time, as we all suspected, Jericho comes down and starts opening fire. He just blasts his shit out of the devil. Um, and. Uh, Takes Christine and finds this church where they think they're going to be safe and um, or no, so they go and they escape into the subway um and get onto this subway car where the you know the devil eventually cap- catches up with them and there's this kind of back and forth on the subway train. Um and you know, so he he is the the devil. I mean he's he's Immortal, but he is in a human body. So, you know, while he is not any closer to being defeated, so much, his human body is taking quite a few bumps. Yeah. Um, Especially when Jericho blows him up with a grenade. Right. <laughs> and then uh, that's I think that's when he kind of just abandons his body. Did they show where he got the grenade from? From the lockup in his from his security company. Oh, which it's just like I don't think private security companies are allowed to have those kinds. of I don't things. think they should. That's like that's like army <laughs> or like our um uh, military stuff, yeah. Um, he's got like explosive rounds and incendiary rounds and like breaching rounds. I don't think you're supposed to have those things, no. Um, so he, um and so he, he takes Christine to this church and, you know, just thinks that maybe she's going to be safe there, at least for the time being. Because I think it's like he can't see inside of churches. I, I think that was a thing. Um, but he knows where he is because, uh, you know, they're sa- sitting there and he tells Christine to go off and hide. And he's, you know, getting locked and loaded and he realizes that, this, you know, his gun's not going to stop him. So he puts the gun down and he starts to kind of pray. He says, you know, it's kind of established that he used to be somewhat a man of faith, but not anymore because now he's, he doesn't believe in God because his wife and daughter were killed. Um, But now he's kind of recapturing his faith. You know, he says, please God, give me strength. Um, And it's about that time when the windows start blowing out and the lights start flickering and, the cues all, the... all get knocked over. Yeah. And up from the ground comes a bubbling coup. Yep. That is to say, the devil. Uh, but in his full on glory, just like his full-on fantasia form. Yeah. <laughs> I was gonna say he looked like um oh fuck, what's the character's name? It's like a Slavic name. Anyway. Um <clears throat> Yeah, he's like this full-on like demon bat thing, uh, and Jericho tries to run away, but he turns into this invisible force again and just jumps into Jericho. Yep. Same thing happens uh, that it did with Gabriel Byrne. Uh, he starts getting thrown around the walls and eventually falls to the ground and passes out. He wakes up and starts calling to Christine she finds him and says we did it we won they stand up and she's takes his hand and they try to she tries to leave but instead we find we're confirmed that he is now possessed he drag starts dragging her back to this altar he puts her down and starts ripping her clothes off uh he's like no more pageantry this time (laughs) i'm just gonna get right to the fucking because it's three minutes to midnight um and it's sure it's not two minutes I midnight? Mean, uh, like I read like number, nah, number, number the of the beast. beast. <laughs> it's, it's a tie. It's in. A tie <laughs> <in>. <laughs> um <laughs> but he, he he lays it down. Fine. Uh starts tearing her clothes off, and some guy from somewhere is like
0: sucker dude. <laughs> <laughs> Just the same guy is all of a sudden in the back of the church.
1: <laughs> <laughs> just some f- faceless voice <laughs> from somewhere in the distance. <laughs> um <laughs> But she's saying, you know, Jericho, you don't want to do this. You're a better man than this. You're stronger than he is, blah, blah, blah. And he manages to recapture enough of himself to stop for a second and tell her to run. And she gets up and starts running away. And as she does, he runs and jumps and flies through the air to land on the sword of a Michael
0: statue. He's like, ah, yeah. ah, 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 ah. There's a lot of in This entire movie, just like just a bunch of Austrian death machine. Right. <laughs> um, it was the part where like the helicopter comes down. Cheese is like get to the job. <laughs> oh my god! Why didn't he say that?
1: <laughs> if I like the, the the director Peter Himes, I would have paid him like a million dollars to say that (laughs) it's like Arnold we will add a million dollars to your check if you say this um anyway so he jumps onto the sword impaling himself uh basically running the clock out on the devil who then shoots out of his chest scampers back to hell yeah as a bunch of fire which you know if you've ever had heartburn you definitely know the feeling um and yeah, he just kind of disappears, presumably back to hell, to wait for another another thousand years. Um, and uh, there, he he gets an image of his of his wife and daughter, kind of I guess welcoming him to heaven or or whatever. And there he dies. And um, that's basically the end of the movie. Christine is saved to live out her life completely traumatized. Yeah, no shit. That her only purpose on earth was to birth the
0: spawn of Satan. Um but now you know you're clear for another thousand years. Yeah. Like, and she's not, gonna, she's gonna, live not gonna live A thousand years? Come on. Can you <laughs> pull your head out of your ass? <laughs>
1: um so that's it. Uh that's end of days. Um
0: what'd you what do you think? It's not great. <laughs> <laughs> not great, Bob. This is this is the second time I'd seen this. Um the first time I saw it was I was either in high school or just out of high school and the girl I was dating at the time wanted to watch it and I was like, it doesn't look good. (laughs) And then we watched it and I was like, see, (laughs) I I told you. So I thought maybe, you know, my sensibilities have changed and stuff, but no, it's still not very good. (laughs) Like it's, it's not awful. It's not really worthy of the 11% it currently has on Rotten Tomatoes. Really? That bad? (laughs) Yeah. Man. I wouldn't rank it that low. No. Um, Schwarzenegger's were' way worse movies. <laughs> the end is super campy, though. Like the whole, when he dives on the sword and then the fire flies out of his chest, it's so just cheesedick. Yeah. Um,
1: <clears throat> I saw this movie in the theater, and I remember liking it a lot. Um, and then, you know, it was another handful of years after that before I saw it again, I was just like that's not as good as I remember. And you know, watching it again, it like it surprisingly didn't get worse in my mind. <laughs> uh but still, it's just like it, it's not as good as I remember it being in theaters. Yeah. Um but uh you know, I'm I'm a total Schwarzenegger mark uh like I I love that guy. I I love most movies he's in even if they're shit. <laughs> um uh And, yeah, I I, I thought this was uh, enjoyable. Um, There weren't too many movies about, you know, this was before the whole, um, you know, exorcism craze and, you know, possession craze that happened in, like, kind of the late 2000s. Um, So this this
0: kind of stuff wasn't very popular around that time. There are parts that definitely feel inspired by um, The Exorcist, though. Sure, yeah. Or um, well, The Exorcist 2 in some places. Or 3, sorry. <laughs> um, yeah, no, that hospital the hospital scene. The, not the
1: heretic. Nobody wants to be inspired by that. No. Um, but yeah, like the hospital scene. <laughs> yeah, that specifically, yeah. yeah. Um, but no, I mean, like, no, this does not deserve 11%. This This is not a bad movie. No. It's it's not great. It's not gonna be super memorable to a lot of people. Like you know, you're saying you maybe you know you didn't like it when you first saw it, and then you watched it again. You didn't really you still still didn't like it. Thinking, and then you watch it again for this. You said maybe your sensibilities have changed or your taste has changed. It's like I don't think that this movie. If you didn't like it to start with, I don't think you're suddenly gonna like it. Yeah, it's not that kind of movie. Yeah. It's the It's opposite. it's got a
0: very specific audience. Yeah.
1: But, you know, I'm a sucker for a lot of um before I kind of got burned out on it from all those fucking possession movies that c- came about. I'm a sucker for like biblical horror. Um, you know, uh, you know, Satan coming to earth or um, you know, uh, possession at the time or church involved stuff. I was I was always kind of a sucker for that stuff. So I just found it fascinating even though I don't believe a lick of it. Um, I was found it interesting. Uh, you know, another movie that came out around this time was *Devil's Advocate*, which I I thought that Gabriel Burns' portrayal of the devil was very similar to Pacino's, as far as like the like attitude and kind of the way they carry themselves. Yeah, I can see that. I can't remember which one came first. I think probably *Devil's Advocate*. I think so. <laughs> but yeah um yeah 97 yeah this isn't like high art or anything it's not going to be it's not thought provoking <laughs> it's an action movie at its core yeah which is fine because it's fucking schwarzenegger what do you expect exactly um but it's not bad it's 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 good for an action movie yeah it's not going it, to it's not going to impress people that are like you know they have like the satanic panic thing in their heads or 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 whatever um i think if you are an action movie fan who likes horror then this is probably going to be at least somewhat enjoyable for you um but uh it's not it's definitely not going to be like any kind of award winner no (laughs) um I've, I was looking at this Wikipedia page and I thought it was interesting that all the, the kind of the history behind this that uh, Sam Raimi and Guillermo del Toro were offered to the director to direct but they turned it down for other projects. Then they went to Marcus Nispel <laughs> uh, but then he left because of budget and script problems and then he was replaced by Peter Himes. Um, Jericho Kane was written for Tom Cruise what? Yeah, but, that would have been uh, terrible. <laughs> but instead, he uh, went to work on Magnolia, and they cast Schwarzenegger. It's weird that Schwarzenegger was the second choice for like anything. <laughs> it's like if you're if you cast Schwarzenegger in something, it's because you wrote a role for him. You would think, right? Yeah. Um, let's see. Uh, Christine was originally supposed to be played by Liv Tyler, uh, but she turned it down over contractual issues. Then they went to Kate Winslet. Um, but she dropped out, and then they picked up Robin, Robin Tooney. So, um,
0: anyway. But uh, they just really wanted someone from uh, Empire Records. <laughs> I guess. Um, but, yeah, you know, this got pretty
1: shitty reviews, even when it was brand new, and it, it really hasn't held up well. I think the more people see it, the, the worse the ratings get. <laughs> But I, I really don't understand the hate. Uh, I think maybe people were expecting too much for this. From I mean, this, eighty-eight percent of Google users liked it. Well, there you go. Um, you know, people use this use Rotten Tomatoes as like kind of like a rule of thumb, and I tend to ignore it, uh, especially when it's the critics' ratings. Like I didn't realize it was the critics. I yeah, thought the audience rating is thirty-two, which still isn't good, but obviously substantially more than, than the critics' rating. Usually when you see an audience rating that's much higher than the critics rating, it's probably a, at
0: least a decent movie. Yeah. Because critics are assholes. Critics want artsy fartsy bullshit. Well, it's I can't remember who
1: had kind of put it in in this in these terms, but like basically they said, you know, you've got these people who are being forced more often than not to go to these movies that they probably didn't want to watch in the first place. So they go in go into these films with already a pessimistic frame of mind. And hey, you know, they're supposed to be remain unbiased and see a movie for what it is, but you know, if you force somebody to do some force somebody to do something they don't want to do, that's gonna be in their minds. Yeah. You know, they're only human. Um, but sometimes they take it a little too far. <laughs> it's like you tear apart a movie just because you didn't want to see it. It's just like that's a dick move.
0: Yeah. But
1: I'm not going to cry too many tears for this because it's a big budget Universal movie. So. <laughs> um, But. Uh, no, I mean, this was like. One of the. F- probably not the first, but among the first movies where you could see that like, oh, yeah, Schwarzenegger's got some acting chops. You know, he, he can hold his own. He's not just just an action star. He can he can carry, you know, a dialogue and. And you emote. Um, And I think as he's gotten older, he's gotten better at that. Yeah. But this was kind of like that first one where he's like, not just playing like this, you know, soldier or, you know, a Terminator or or something. He's like just a guy. And, you know, maybe he's had a fucked up past. Um, But, you know, he kind of like fell into this grizzled cop role. What? We didn't talk about that guy. He's he's a weird guy. (laughs) Uh yeah, there's this like albino guy or he, he's he's black, but he's albino. Um and he's
0: just creepy. He's he got <clears throat> like these, you know, white dreads, but they're like shorter and one wonky eye. Yeah. And he's like, He's gonna fuck you, Christine. He's gonna fuck you. <laughs> it's like,
1: All right, dude, I'm gonna need you to take a step back. And then he shatters. Yep. But only Christine can see it. Yeah. Anyway, so uh, yeah, this isn't like a showstopper, but I enjoy it for what it is. I'm not looking at it for
0: for like, it's a popcorn flick. I mean, it,
1: it really is. It's it's an action movie with a horror flair, which is just fine. It's it's okay.
0: Yeah, I mean, like I said, it's um, the the last fight scene is is pretty cheesy, but other than that, it's it's. Pretty much a basic action movie. Yeah, um, it doesn't really try too hard. I don't think like yeah. it's not trying to you know shoehorn some kind of. There's not even like a love story in it. No. You know, usually they try and shoehorn in some kind of love story, and that's that's not in there. It's just it's just an action movie, right? Um, yeah. So. <sighs>
1: Do you want to give it a seven, or is that too much? That's too much. That's too much. <laughs> uh, All right. Yeah, I'll, I'll do a six then. All right. I'm going five. Five? Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah, this is kind of one of those movies that it's just, if it's not your thing, it's not your thing. You can't really force it. But yeah, if, if you're into like action movies. Or
0: Schwarzenegger. If, or... if
1: you're a big Schwarzenegger guy like I am, um, then this is, this is just going to be another Notch in, in the belt. I mean, it's it's another Schwarzenegger movie to check out. Yep. And if you're into, you know, um, stuff about you know, say like satanic biblical. stuff, yeah, you know, yeah, biblical horror, you know, Satan coming to Earth and you know, anti type type stuff, then you know this might be worth a watch. Don't expect anything like The Exorcist, right. <laughs> This is because this, this is not The Exorcist. Um, but, uh, yeah. I think it's worth a watch. And if you have... No, it's not. I to so say it's on Prime, but it's not.
0: It's on Tubi, if you're willing to sit through commercials. Is it? Yep. Oh, i should would have known that. I paid for it. Womp womp. Terror Train is on Prime.
1: It is on Prime.
0: You know... I uh, believe it's 99 cents if you don't have Prime. <laughs> I was... Uh, I'm, fi- I'm finding pretty much every episode, I'm finding more and more
1: that Just Watch is becoming useless because they're, they're not tracking things as well as they used to. Because hmm. like, I went on there to find Terra Train. It's like, uh, it gave me like one place to watch it and it was like a
0: subscription service.
1: But then I went on to Prime and, and there it was.
0: See, I saw it. That's where I saw it. Said Amazon, ninety nine cents. That was the cheapest one, so I went there. I was like, all right, I'm fucking, I'll pay a dollar for it. Mm. And I went there, and it was free. So I was like, all right, even better, bonus. Um,
1: and then uh, I went there for End of Days, and it said it was like everywhere except Amazon.
0: Yeah. See, I didn't see a, it on Tubi on there, but I went to Google Play, and Google uh, Google Play Movies will tell you other places where these where you can find stuff. Okay. And it had Tubi on there, so I was like, oh, all right, I'll watch it on Tubi then. Hmm. Yeah, I mean,
1: like, I went to, it's like, I, I looked at Just Watch, and it had everything else except Amazon, I'm like, well, fuck, but I went to Amazon anyway, because I was already, I had just finished Terror Train, so I was like, well, for in the giggles, we'll try and find it, and then I found it, and it had, like, a little Stars label in the corner, I'm like, oh, okay, well, I, I have the Stars channel, so I can watch it for free, and then I go there and it's just like just the it's one of those ones where you just watch the trailer. Oh. It's like, well shit. <laughs> but then I searched for it again and it came up with another one that was actually on there. It wasn't on Prime, but I could pay for it. It's like fucking just watch. Just <laughs> figure fu- it out. <laughs> that's what I said I said figure it out. All right. <clears throat> anyway. So that's gonna do it for the show, guys. Um, and uh I was going to say that wraps up the year for us, but we have technically a new year.
0: Which kicks off the new year. We're just getting started, baby.
1: Yeah. Next next up, uh, coming down the pipe for us, is going to be the film festival uh, next month. So if you are in the Seattle area, get your ticket because uh, we did sell out last year. We've got more tickets this year, but we're not counting
0: on having them for you at the show. Why wait? Yeah. Take that Christmas money you just got. Right. Go buy a ticket. They're cheap. Uh, you Are you not going to be here next episode? I'm not going to be here next episode. Okay.
1: I, I found it strange you hadn't picked a movie yet. Yep. So, next episode. It's a mystery. It's going to be a surprise. Because <laughs> I haven't picked a movie either. And now I have to pick two. Um, Let the guest pick one. Yeah, i got to figure out who the guest is going to be. I should probably start talking to people. Probably, Yeah. Uh, so join us next episode for a mystery guest and two mystery movies. Uh, and I have to do horror business too, unless you're going to do it. I mean, I can work on it up until I leave. Then when are you, when are you leaving? Thursday. Thursday. Okay. And you're, you're going to be gone for a week. I get back Tuesday. okay.
0: Isn't that our off week? Nope. Fuck, I'm all turned around. Anyway. Okay, it's so Taylor. Not, not this Thursday. It's the Thursday of that weekend. Oh, so. okay. Got it. <clears throat>
1: all right. Well, join us again next episode wherein everything will be a surprise. <laughs> <laughs>
0: and the points don't matter. <laughs> uh, till then, Taylor, where can people find us? They can find us at graveplotpodcast.com. We are on Facebook. Instagram and YouTube as grave plot podcast or on Twitter as grave underscore plot if you want some exclusive content head over to patreon.com slash grave plot podcast and of course don't forget GravePlotFilmFest.com that's that's us yep all those places 15, 14, all right
1: guys well until we see you again I'm skeleton I am Terry Terror. Taylor. and this has been the grave plot podcast where we're all a little dead inside